I am on tour. Des Moines, Philly, Buffalo, Nashville, Atlanta, Phoenix. Find me on the road. Go to burtburtburt.com. Get a shirt. Today's guest, Eliza Schlesinger. Is the Birdcast. All right, we are officially recording. Do we want to turn off the Food Network? Yeah, probably. Although, I'm obs- they are part of my sister network. I do love I swear to God, when I say, what do I do with the fucking remote? It's right here. Oh, here. Um, I will, I will match you. Like, I trust me when I say I know my Food Network shit. Yeah, let's go for it. The, uh, we don't have to make a competition out of it. <laughs> we can. See, like, that's the only way I can identify with talking about something is make it competitive somehow. <laughs> no, uh, we do. You know, at travel, we're. We're related to food and cooking, and, mm-hmm. and what's up with the cooking channel? So that's like the runoff for the Food Network. No, it's genius. It's fucking genius. Food Network said, "What are we going to do if a competition comes?" And like, what are we going to do if we have to have we have competition? Maybe and they were like, "Screw it, we'll make our own competition." It's not their own competition, though. It's their it's own. The, it's the to- it's totally. someone could still come along and do it, but I guess the market would be so saturated. Yeah, they'd be like, "Oh, you're going to throw a third cooking channel out there." <laughs> Right, right, right. I mean, that's. I mean, I think that's that's the way I thought they did it. And then, but the other thing is, it's it's kind of like, um, like, and I say this, I, I, I don't, I'm, I think they're easy. They a lot money easier to make shows on cooking as they do on food. Food's got such a high profile, right? You have and, to be like a star, one of those sh- celebrity chefs. Exactly. I mean, Bobby Flay's been there. I had Bobby on my podcast. Oh, cool! I uh, love him. Was, I ate at his restaurant in New York. He uh, he's the best. He, he I met him. I met him at one of our upfronts. Yeah, and um, and I, we started talking about podcasting and all this. And he was like, "Yeah, I've, I'm curious." He seems about like that. a cool guy. He's really cool and he's really down to earth. He texted me the other day and he was like, "So I set him up with with." Do you ever do opening, Anthony? Yeah, you know sure. Sam Roberts, big curly hair. Yeah, I set him up with Sam. <laughs> I, set <him> up. <laughs> I set him up with Sam. Um, I'm fucking. I'm all over the map when it comes to talking to people. Set him up with Sam so Sam could do his podcast. So now him and Sam are suddenly texting me back. He's like, "Man, I hear your name everywhere I go," and I so badly wanted to text back. Oh, it's because I'm dropping your name everywhere. Everywhere I go, because <laughs> I met Bobby Flay. Okay. Um. All right. We're gonna hold off and talk about cooking. So you just brought up something that I was that I've been dying to talk to you about because you're naturally funny, Thanks, but you're also really pretty. So, like, at uh-huh. what point did you have to? Did you ever feel like you had to? turn off the funny around not so funny dudes yeah. that you were dating and you were like really you want to just talk about the dating aspect of that uh no like like i'm talking like high school i'm not talking like comics no here's the thing and i i'm just gonna say this and this will bother ugly people and that's fine i wasn't i'm hot to comics like look at my competition okay if you stick me <laughs> in an audition, I'm like, okay, that girl, like, you look at me like, that's a cute girl, but there's like, put me next to Natalie Portman, it's like, no, absolutely not, no go. So, grow up in Dallas, Texas, Texas has more Miss Americas than any other state, like, it's an attractive place to grow up, and I was, it was fine, but I was never the hot girl, I was never, I was just, that was it, I was never the hot girl, from, and from when I was very young, I was always, I've been thinking, I was talking about this in therapy, but I was always very, 
I always had like that ragtag group of friends. Like it was me and like an Indian girl and like the fat white kid yeah. and like one like skinny black kid. Like it was just like whoever would have me. And I got very good at making guys laugh because the pretty girls weren't funny. Yeah. And they probably were intimidated by the fact that I was smart and funny. Yeah. So I was always like friends, but it was never, I was never popular for being hot and I never was. And I had boyfriends in high school, but I was never like one of like the hot girls. Like they would make lists of hot girls and put them in the bathroom. Yeah. And I was never one Top of those. Vibes. Sometimes I write my name in, but whatever. <laughs> never made it. And then An all the alternate. Yeah. And so here I am developing a personality, like making guys laugh, being friends with guys, doing sketches and stuff like that and improv in college. And then I get to comedy and they're like, you're hot. We hate you. And you're like, wait a minute. I don't have a lifetime of experience with that. Yeah. So it's not that it's unfair, but it's a real mind fuck because it's, you're being told you're something that you never thought you were yeah. and you have to contend with that. And you get people are prejudiced against you because of it. Or they, I've had a booker for, I've had this one booker just won't book me. And really? it's a girl won't for like, we can talk about it later, but like just stopped one day and you're like, because like women hate women and you're like, what did I ever do to you? Yeah. And it's actually, it's so unfair because I can't go like get work as a model if I want. Like I'm not that pretty. Yeah, <laughs> so yeah, yeah. No, like... I, I understand what you're saying. But, but it, it is, but it's, it is like, uh, it is like, uh, like exactly what you said, hot people usually do not develop good personalities. You don't need to. You don't need to. You don't need, and I've actually, and even in like the, la- like when I walk into a green room and it's all like dorky comics, like I'll just be like, I'm thirsty. And so I'm like, I'll get you water. And you're like, this is amazing. Like that's why <laughs> yeah. hot people are so retarded because you don't have to move. You can stay in a cocoon and yeah. whatever. So, but I've never, I think the way I get guys is through my personality. They see the act or they, they talk to me or yeah. whatever. Uh, it's not, I mean, you might think I'm cute. Like you kind of have to think someone's attractive to want to be with them. Yeah. But I do think it's the personality. And if I've definitely had relationships get like small ones, not boyfriends for a long time, get rocky because they think they're okay with the competition. And then it turns out they're not. Oh yeah. But that's on them. Yeah. That's uh, you can't, you can never, whatever makes someone else fucked up. You can't bring it back to you. That has nothing to do with you. But I, but I always end up doing, I have a problem. Um, a friend of mine named Andre Vincent, who's a British comic, I drove him nuts in fucking South Africa. We were doing this Did you thing, do the Cape Town. Yeah, because oh. I have, I have a, I have a big personality that does not listen very often, mm-hmm. and I and I tend to overwhelm people who just want to hang out, and I turn right. everything into a fucking party. like a big happy puppy. Right. He right. goes. He told me. He goes. He was. He wasn't talking to me. I go. What's wrong? He goes. You. He said it in a British accent, so it sounded better. He Even goes, more condescending. Yeah, he goes, you cast a, you cast a large wake, but I, that's a horrible. You He's, what? Cast a large wake. Oh. And he goes, yeah. I'm just staying at, clear out of your wake. And I was like, and and but that is always, and that is always fucked with me. And it, it's like I just had beef with some dude. I don't even know the guy's name. I never even met him, but he didn't like me. And I, and it bothered me. And I was like, why does it fucking bother me? I don't even care. It bothers you because you're a human being and you're sensitive under yeah. it all. We all comics are. And no one wants to be not liked. It's very – I hate when people are like, yeah, I'm an asshole. I don't care. You do care. Yeah. And I was raised with a mother that loves me. So I have feelings. And I do – I mean, like, obviously, if you're a dick, fuck off. But like, you want, I don't want people to not like me. I'm not a bitch. I'm like, you know – as far as that goes, I think in comedy in particular, we have all different kinds of personalities and all different kinds of insane people. And what you said earlier about, like, don't put your crap on me. Like, it takes a while to learn that. Like, what one comic's issue is has nothing to do with you. Sometimes people, I don't know, like, I mean, I haven't, I've actually never, like, really hung out with you. But big personalities, they tend to suck the energy out of the room. But you have two choices. You can either... <laughs> 
compete with it and exhaust yourself, or you can allow that person to just be them. I mean, I guess you have three choices, or you could leave, mm-hmm. but you can never say to to you, "Hey, can you tone down your personality?" You'd be like, "This is just me being me." Yeah, and that's his issue. Yeah. You either stay for it or you don't. Or you, you know, like so. He's, we'd have good times when it was just me and him, or if he could isolate me. But when we were in big groups, he was. I would drive him fucking nuts. I would just, and I have like on like a a girl note that like every girl's got like that girlfriend that when you're around a group of guys, like she makes it all about her. Yeah. And you have a choice once you're an adult, once you're paying taxes and you're voting, you have choices. It's like you can either accept your friend for being the man stealing hooker that she is <laughs> and have a shot or you can just remove yourself. But you cannot fault that person for being themselves because you're putting yourself in that realm of existence. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think I don't think anyone like I don't the dudes that I know that like you like, you know, like like uh, we were at the uh, comedy thing um ice house one night rogan and them and you mm-hmm. went to left, leave and go on stage and automatically we all talk about you yes. that's the way that's the way that works sure is that anyone the second anyone leaves it's about them oh god i'm so glad that i'm so glad that it's not just me and my bitchy private school friends i'm glad that everyone <laughs> does that <laughs> it's just like and and uh but you're you're I don't think anyone – I mean, any, everyone will say you're attractive, but everyone thinks normally what, what kind of stands out is that you also have an ability to make people laugh quickly. Like, Thank you. Remember the time we were sitting out – this is one of my favorite stories in the world. Really? And I wished it was mine. I'm I one wished, of your favorite stories? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. It was me, you. Uh, I don't. We were going to do Red Rocks. Red Rocks. Red Rocks is a bar – Oh, Red Rock on Red Rock. on Sunset. Yeah, yeah. And we were talking. About, talking about an amphitheater, and I was we were like, talking about weird hookup stories or whatever. And you told oh, I know hilarious. this is the one leg story. <laughs> you love this story. I love that story. No, I don't love this story anymore. I love that story so fucking much. That's one of my favorites. I love that you love it because because I was like because I I was I so was hot. I was. Oh, what, tell, will you tell the story for the people that don't know it? Sure. I'm afraid I'm gonna mess up the punchline now. No, don't worry. I'll step all over you. Okay. <laughs> Your wake is quite large. Um, there was a guy, and I was probably, I don't even know how old I was. I must have been 26, 20, no, 27, young. And um, he was super hot, super hot. I went to a Halloween party, and I met him. He was like an astronaut, and I was Lady Gaga. So, of course, I had on like a bathing suit, so it was easy to talk to me. And uh, <laughs> he was super hot, so we're talking. And I'm like, oh, my God, this guy's so good looking. And he's a lawyer, and he's smart, and he went to like a great college, which is for Jews, like first and foremost. That's right. You're Jewish. Yes. I fucking always forget that. Is the podcast canceled? <laughs> <laughs> canceled blanche um and so we're talking and i'm like drunk and we, we start we like kissed which is so fun like at a party to just like kiss someone we're talking and i was and i was like all right he's like i'd like to go out with you i have to tell you something i'm like what he's like i have one leg and i was like ha ha and he was like no really and he like lifts up his pant like and he had one leg <laughs> one real leg and i was like oh fuck and it's like it's like one of my first mature decisions i was like do we throw the baby out with the one-legged bathwater, <laughs> or do we do we go out with this person? So I was like, all right. So we went out. The truth is like he, we, there, we had nothing in common, but he was so hot. So we, like we hung out and we, and I do this thing where we can talk about this, where I get drunk and then I invite the guy to sleep over without having sex with him. Yeah. I heard you talk about that. <laughs> it's my thing. Um, <laughs> no, no complaints. Uh, and so he com- comes upstairs and I was like, I'm not gonna have sex with you, but we can, we're both drunk. You're not going to drive home. We sleep together. So he comes upstairs and he was like, do you have any, like we're getting ready for bed. He's like, do you have any room in your refrigerator? And I was like, oh, for what? Did you like bring some wine or something? And he was like, I need to refrigerate my leg. And I had seen the leg and it was like an expensive, not bionic, but it was, 
there was some electricity involved with it. You had to charge it, stuff like that. And oh, shut the yeah, it's like because it like has like hydraulics and it responds to your body pressure and stuff like that. Like they don't do wooden legs anymore. <laughs> and he was like, I have to put it in the refrigerator. It has to like that's where it has to be at night. And I was like, Oh my god. He's like, Yeah, if you could just like move over some stuff, I can put it in sideways. I was like, Oh my god. He goes, I'm fucking with you. I don't have to refrigerate my legs. <laughs> made me like the guy a lot oh so it was so good i was dying um so that's i love i love that like when people have something wrong with them and they have a sense of humor like that yeah. where now it, now you're the one with egg on your face i think it's oh, even better i was in austin this weekend and there was a dude with one leg i was i go to the gym and i'm like I do not want to go to the gym i'm in the hotel i go walk in and it's loud as shit it's almost like i'm like wow is that how loud the treadmill sounds as i'm i can hear it on the hallway yeah so i'm like oh. so i take i go as, so as soon as i step in the gym this dude with the one leg he's got the spring you know the the bouncy one the like it looks like um oh on the bottom yeah like yeah, for running like the running one yeah. yeah he's got that on and he's on the treadmill and he's fucking murdering it sure it's on an incline and he's like on an eight and i'm like oh my god how fucking lazy i am mm-hmm. like i have two legs and i'm not gonna yeah. get up there so i'm like instantly motivated yeah i kill my coffee i get up on the treadmill and i fucking you shit yourself it. i'm literally like murdering it on the treadmill yeah. to prove to not to prove to him not to beat him but like kind of but yeah yeah i just i can't like i can't be beat, i can't be beat running by a we'll get like serious a so um so we uh we he gets off and then he like does like a murderous workout like chest pull ups which I wasn't impressed. I was like, yeah, I could do a pull up if I didn't. Yeah, well, you have left. two arms, dude. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, easy. so, but I watched uh, you know I watched him work out and it was kind of impressive. And then we get I get done. I go to the room, shower, get ready for the show, get in the elevator. There's a kids high school party there at the thing. So when I get in the elevator, it's packed with kids. So I'm on the fourth floor. Third floor stops and the dude with one leg gets in. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, and he's got this. His shirt says hashtag real talk. And I said, and I, and I'm like, you know, it's like, you know how you feel really good after you work out and you're like, I had, and I go, Hey man, I got to tell you, I go, I was watching you in the gym and he was like, yeah, I saw you in there. And I was like, I go, yeah, man, it was, that's impressive. Like really you're, you know, I couldn't stop looking at you and I, and I noticed man, and it's really cool. He's wearing jeans. So no one knows he has one leg. They just, he they, wore jeans to work out. You know, he wore jeans in the in the in the elevator okay, to okay. go out that night. I was gonna say I hate him. And all these kids are now look, think I'm just hitting on this guy. That's what it sounds yeah, like. like. That's what I was, I was like, hey, you want to fuck? You want to get out of here? I was watching you. I was watching you. Oh, yeah. uh, I was, I was Real watching, talk. I watched Liberace last night. I saw it behind the candelabra. Loved it. I did too. Did Jenna Google in that dude? Liberace? No, the uh, oh, the, Scott no. Thompson. I was just always happy to know that he's alive and well and living in Reno. Uh, he's in jail in Reno. Oh, that doesn't surprise me. Credit he seemed fraud. directionless. Yeah. Um, it's interesting that you mentioned the one-legged thing, and it happens to be Memorial Day. I went uh, – this is a random store, but I was in Washington, D.C. a couple days ago for – I did a USO tour for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff over Christmas. So his name is Martin Dempsey, and he's like the president's military advisor. So he had a reunion dinner for those of us who went on the USO tour um, over Christmas. So we all came to his house for dinner. And as part of, like, the two days you're there, we toured the Pentagon and got to go to Walter Reed to see, like, when you get blown up in Afghanistan, this is where you go to get your prosthetics. Really? And so you walk in this room. And it's me and two, and, and two baseball players um, and Kelly Pickler, who was on American Idol and just one dance. That was the USO tour? That was our tour. So I was the least famous, which hurts so bad. I know it's uh, not about me. No, it's no, about no. the war. I know exactly what you're feeling. We would sit for, we would go to like an army base and we all had our headshots and I was left off the program because I was added last minute, which is the story of my life. So there's all these headshots of everyone and I have my own headshot. Like, like so uh. it's not with the group. 
the baseball players, even if you don't know baseball, they have their jersey, their uniforms on, so you can identify that they're athletes. And everyone knows Kelly Pickle because she's a singer. And then I'm like, hey, I got, <laughs> I got a pink stripe in my hair, and I'm sarcastic. And I'm sitting there, hours and hours of people just walking by you, not wanting your autograph, not wanting a picture. They think oh. you're someone's wife, and you're just like, oh, my God. And then you have to remember, this is for the war. There are people losing their hands, and I'm sitting here crying because no one wants to sign my headshots. So <laughs> cut to the USO thing. So we go to Walter Reed. And they do this thing where because they think we're so famous, they're like, we're just going to let you loose in the room and you go talk to people. But what they don't know is like, I'm terrified to walk up to someone and be like, Lazarus Lessinger, I host a dating show late night. And uh, several years ago, I won a reality show called Last Comic Stand. Like, nobody cares. Yeah. You've got to pitch yourself to these you people. You have to. Yeah. And so you walk up to them and you just say hi. And we forget that they're humans, too. And that they're your my age. You know, they're not your age. They're my age. They're like, tw- I'm not, no, they're not even my age. They're, they're, like, they're like 22. and they're kids. They just want to. Talk to you. They're your peers. So you go up. These guys have no legs. Some of them have no arms, no legs. And they're all there getting these like amazing prosthetics fitted. And the attitude that they have was so – it Real sounds bitchy. so – What? Bitchy. A little bitchy. <laughs> they complained a lot. I was like, come on. Um, yeah. <laughs> they had uh, – they, they were so positive And I'm not – it sounds like so cheesy. But like they're so tough about it. And their, their yeah. outlook on life is so positive. So most of them get like both legs amputated. And if you just like lose a foot, they call it a paper cut. Like, they're tough as fuck. And, like, they have shirts that say, like, Wounded Warrior, Some Assembly Required. Like, a lot, like, a sense of humor yeah. about this. And one guy was like, yeah, I lost both my legs, but honestly, my feet stunk. Uh, I was a bad dancer. <laughs> they always hurt me. Like, like he's like, I'm glad I lost. And, like, it's yeah. what they have to do to get through it. But I'm sitting here upset because the improv didn't marquee me for one night. And these guys have lost <laughs> half it of their body weight. Really puts it in perspective. Kind of. I still left upset about the improv thing. <laughs> But just like to see that they could move on with life and still be totally cool with it, it was really cool. And they have like all kinds of legs. They have running legs, sea legs, snow legs. Sea legs. Like for swimming. They have like little scuba oh, legs. Really? All kinds of stuff. Oh, did you get to, I would be fascinated to tour the prosthesis like room. Yeah, like, I keep didn't. all the prosthesis. No, we weren't there for that long. I didn't, I didn't know there was a prosthesis room. I'm, I, I, it, like a factory. The way, I, the way I, that they can go check out whatever, which one they want for Do that you, day's activities. No, like they just like, like a library? Yeah, just yeah. Check it out. Give me the fin and the. I was like, do you ever combine them or. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they have the running, what are they, blades? Yeah, blades. That's it. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, I look at that. Like I I'm, I'm remember talking to my dad. My dad um, accidentally ate marijuana. With Joey Diaz on accident. I thought you were saying passed away. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> okay. And he, but he was, he got high. He didn't, says he wasn't. He said it was an accident, but he, he, it's, I don't know. Or was he hanging but, out with Joey Diaz? Because we didn't, it was Easter. <laughs> okay, sure. Yeah. Who doesn't do that yeah, on Easter? Exactly. So, but that night I ended up talking to him and he talked to me about his dad going to war. I do not have that. I cannot, I don't have that in my brain. No. Like, no. I couldn't. I look at those dudes that do that. My cousin, my cousin just joined. He joined the army. Re- second 9-11 happened, my cousin was like, fuck it. Dropped out of, uh, I think he was going to go to meds or to law school at Villanova. And he was, like, he was like, bam, got on. And he's good looking too. Stud. Is he single? He, uh, no, I think he just got married. He got, yeah, he oh, congratulations. He like just fucking jumped and he was like, I'm going. Mm-hmm. But that, that, I don't have that. No. I can't I, even get a tattoo. No, no. T- I think... For us, if it's a call to action within our means, we'll do it. Like, yeah, I'll yeah. donate some cans to your soup drive. Yeah. Sure, I'll do 10 minutes for a charity thing. Yeah. But I think it's just a different kind of wiring. And I also think the military is great for, you know, maybe, I mean, obviously a lot of people go to the military because they 
there are certain opportunities that haven't been afforded to them. Like, you know, you cannot go to college or you can't do certain things. And the military is a great way to get a career. I mean, that just is what it is. Yeah. But it's a certain type of person that is good with taking direction and they're very streamlined in their thinking and they they can focus on one task at hand because that's the kind of person you have to be for that. Yeah. And yeah, I look at these guys like my general says to me, go walk down that down that hallway like a hallway or a street and I know there's mines there. Like you know you're gonna get your legs blown off and you have to go do it. Go take that yeah, hill. You I, have to do it. I couldn't. And they go into it and they don't care. The guy was like, I got blown up and I knew what had happened the second it happened and he was like, Well, get me to the hospital. No crying. They're not angry. That's a fucking that's a different metal than I'm made of. I'm made of like a of like a, like a soft steel. Yeah, a very soft, malleable metal. Yeah, like a foil. Yeah. <laughs> Made of a foil. I'm transparent. I'm made of saran wrap, and everyone can see my emotions. <laughs> More like a wax paper. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. It's uh. It's it's amazing what they do. And um, what, did, what did, did you do? Stand up. Mm-hmm. What did you? What kind of jokes are you telling? I just you know look for the most part it's mostly men. Yeah. And for me, like my comedy is just very intense and it's mm-hmm. fast and it's somewhat aggressive. So you get up there, you know, you don't want to be egregious in your. I don't really have a sexual act. Like I don't get up there and talk about whores and pussies and all that yeah. stuff. But you don't want to be too egregious in it because this is still the military. <laughs> See, you know what? <laughs> uh, my some, my brain is firing really hot lately. Yeah. I don't know what's going on. I think well, I do know we're we're dealing with issues with Isla, and it's bringing up the fact that I'm not wired correctly. That whatever I'm, whatever makes me me, is also making a little girl have a really hard time in school. And, but oh my I god, had, that's I, so funny! I had a really hard time in school too. But they just told me, "Don't worry, we'll get you a tutor." I was like, "You're not fixing the fucking problem. The problem is I, I'm not listening. The problem is her DNA." Yeah, and, and so so, but now that I'm paying attention to it, mm-hmm. I'm like, "Wow!" So as you said, I don't I yeah. don't listen to people the way pe- right, other people do. You just grab onto words, don't and, you? Yeah, and then I do the, the same second thing. you say something. I envision. I start telling a story in my head about something else. So, like, you go, I don't have a real sexual act. Uh, like, I don't talk about pussies and whores. But all, and then my brain goes, pussies and whores. No, my brain goes, uh, you on stage in front of like a thousand soldiers and all the generals, and you go, I want to take a minute to talk about pussies and whores. <laughs> Just like slow it down yes, for a minute. But- so. It, that's why everybody has like their way that they listen. The girl thing to do, like when I talk to my girlfriends on the phone, because typically talk to your girlfriend, not saying anything important. Yeah. So you can do this thing where you can check in every couple words and you can just say innocuous things like, oh my God, that's amazing. Yeah. And like, they'll think you're totally listening. I'll be like, you can tell by the tone if they're annoying. And at the end, you'd be like, that's really annoying. You need to tell her to stop. I'm like, I have no idea what she was talking about. She's like, thank you. I'm like, oh my God, for real. Like, you know, That's what the whole thing of men women, Venus or Mars, women just want to be heard. Yeah. They just she just want, wants to vent. Yeah. They, they just want to be heard. And men, I want to fix it. So like, I want to stop you and go, I got it. I got the, the solution. Do you want to hear the, whatever we're talking about? Uh, you were talking about eating marijuana yeah. and I am not uh, a pot smoker. No, you're not at um, all. But my brother grows medical marijuana really by the acre and he has a farm and he's a license and like he we're jews like we don't have green thumbs and he's doing it like up every morning at five farming that's so plowing tilling the soil i don't think you till marijuana soil but i don't know who knows what happens and so he brought me he brought pot to to my house and he was like i'm gonna make you pot butter because I have these Christmas parties, and one year he brought pot brownies, so all my friends remember that he did that. Yeah. So I was like, and I love baking, so I decided to make pot cookies to give out to people. Like, I would tell them it was a pot cookie. Yeah, 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 yeah. So a girlfriend of mine came over, long story short, I had a little bit of one, okay? And I, we went to dinner, and we're sitting at the bar. I was freaking out because I could feel myself getting higher and higher, and like I couldn't get off the ride. And as a comic, what's your first thought when you're high? I'm going to die. Yep. And I kept being like, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. And we're sitting at like a cute restaurant. Everything's fine. She's like, why would you die? And so she was stoned, but she's a stoner. So she, just in terms of wanting to be heard, 
I'm talking and I'm like, oh my God, I'm going to die. I'm going to die. I'm so, uh, I'm like, I'm rubbing my feet together. I can't stop. And the manager keeps coming over to like check on us. And I just like, please don't ask me any questions. Everyone's going to fucking know I'm going to go to jail. <laughs> so stoned. And she goes, okay, so I see that you're freaking out. I was like, I'm freaking out, man. And she goes, I had a really stressful day. So I'm just going to talk to you about my day so I can vent. And you sit here and freak out and just pretend that you're listening. Okay. I was like, deal. So she's like, so first I went and sold this one house. And I'm just sitting there like, oh my fucking God. But she, if you were to watch us, you would just see two girls nodding and talking. Yeah. But she just needed to vent. And I had no recollection of what she said. <laughs> but that was like what she needed that day. Yeah, I, I don't. Oh. I, I, I'm, I would not. I'm, I'm past any kind of uh, messing around with drugs. The uh, <laughs> I just kind of look at it like I'm a, you know, I'm a parent. I got mm-hmm. my shit together. Maybe a glass of whiskey. No, I glass uh, of whiskey. Yeah, yes. It's a uh, Memorial Day. We start drinking as soon as I get done this podcast. I'm going over to barbecue. I'm going to go start drinking. Fine. My wife, my wife uh, has my wife's really good at making friends. She's really good at losing friends too, like shaking them off or like Talking doing something shit bad on their back and getting caught. Oh yeah. Oh, she got <laughs> All caught. All the time. All uh, the time. That's amazing. I spread a rumor one time that one of my friends was autistic. And then she just stopped talking to me, and I don't know if she ever heard it, but I'll stand behind that if she ever challenged it. I'll be like, you act weird in public, yeah. and you don't make eye contact. There I was do a, believe. There was a girl that came up to me at the show this weekend. I was telling these stories about Isla. Isla's just killing in my act right now. And the kid's <laughs> fucking, she really is. Has like, she seen your act? No. I guess she wouldn't. No. she. I mean, she knows, like, I'll tell her the stories sometimes, but like... They've seen me do stand-up before. They came up, me and uh, Mike Young and Brett Ernst were doing a weekend together in Irvine. Mm-hmm. And they came to the show and they sat in the back and they, they ran up on stage in Aww. the middle of my act. They were they were babies. That's funny. But um, no, uh, yeah, I forget what I was saying. Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, so wait, go back to your act on... Uh, on um, when you're doing the USO, what are you doing? Like, oh yeah, so I just got up there. I mean, I have. So wait, what do the baseball players do? Go like they get up and they kind of like talk about teamwork. They throw baseballs into the audience. Like oh, people just want to see athletes. I wish they would do like a 1920s. Like Babe Ruth does a tour. Like crack. Like the, oh you know, God. like someone's got two pieces of wood and they yeah. smack them together. Like a like, like a radio like yeah, War of the like Worlds kind of thing. All right, son. Well, keep your. I think head that would up be a little bit. I mean, these guys were cool, but yeah. I don't think they. I don't <laughs> think that, that is in their realm of possibilities. Um, but they would. It was funny because. Like it was the these guys in the military, like that's you're talking to talk about macho demographic, and I think some of my material I have a lot of stuff about girls that guys like, but my aggressive stuff guys love, and a lot of times yeah. girls are like, wait, what? And so to have that concentrated dose of men in the audience to get to do that and to make them laugh, it was just like I have a bit about P90X and how it's really a prison workout and no one knows it. And um what else did I do? I just had like a lot of I can't even remember off the top of my head. A lot of aggressive. Do you panic I just, in a moment like that? Panic? Like, like I panic. If you, if like, you what said, am I going to do? If you said, Bert, you're going to do 30 minutes in front of a military base, I'd be like, I'm fucked. No, you wouldn't. You wouldn't. No, I would. You would I panic, would. but then you'd get it together the second you walked on stage. Yeah, I had to do a college, and it was at a Catholic college, and it needed to be clean. And I was like, oh, my God, I'm fucked. And then I came up, and some guy brought a bottle of vodka, and he was like... Oh, we all just want to do a shot with a machine. I was like, done. All right. You always, what I, you're always surprised. Every time you think, I know, I don't know if you do this, but all comics, like we always think, like as you're walking on stage, you're like, what am I supposed to talk about? I have no idea what I'm supposed to say right yes. now. And yeah. it never happens. You've never gone on stage and been like, oh, uh, yeah, I've ever. never, I've never once frozen. Yeah. But I, but I do, if I do think, what am I going to talk about? I'm fucked. 
Right, you can't put too much thought. I mean, I definitely like went through the act and I was just like, this is too girly, this is too specific, whatever. Just broad stuff. I mean, these are regular people that, these are the kind of people that would go to a comedy show, like yeah. in the middle of like Illinois or something and like that. they laugh their dicks off. They did, and they just want some attention. They just want a, sli- a taste of home. Like these guys are in Kyrgyzstan, which is not a country you've ever heard of till you just went now. To Kyrgyzstan? Yeah. Four degrees below zero, I thought I was going to lose my legs. Where's Kyrgyzstan? It's uh, right under Satan's butthole. No, it's, <laughs> it's like near Russia. It's like where the stands are, like closer to the north. <laughs> where the stands are? There's like are? Afghanistan, yeah. Turkmenistan. Like it's all up there. It's fucking freezing and they just want how, something. How do you fly there? Uh, how did we get there? Yeah. Well, we took the chairman's plane. He has his own little plane. So is it like, is it like first class or better? It's like a first class thing. I mean, there's got like big seats and there's food. Like it's a very comfortable USO tour. It's not some of the comics do. Like it was really like a special thing. And I'm sitting there like, how did I get invited on this? This like, is some paper clerical error. Kelly Pickett was like, listen, she's like, shut up and get me a drink. Uh, I'm, I'm just don't talk to me. Did you, were you hanging out with Kelly Pickler? Was she, uh, no, not really. She brought her husband and her manager and her guitar player. So she was kind of insulated in that. Yeah. Uh, but I really got to be friends and with. And you brought Blanche. I brought Bieber. Um, I I made friends with. There's a two baseball players and a hockey player. I don't know if you <gasps> are a big baseball fan. Yeah. Uh, Ross Detweiler and Craig Stamen from the Washington Nationals. Oh yeah, I know them. And Matt Hendricks, who plays for the Capitals. Yeah. So we became. Oh okay, that makes sense. We all really got along, and we just made fun of each other relentlessly. Oh, I bet they fucking loved you. We had the best time, and I just came from. I went to their game. We all went out afterward, and like they're just. Like they're your age and they're guys and they love you know fart jokes and we just yeah. gave each other shit the whole time so we really had a good time. I bet they fucking loved you and I bet they have no re- frame of reference for a chick like you either because I think they, they were yeah they they probably just date blonde bimbos that are like that are like hey I love that you know like, yeah what do they call them puck puck fucks oh I never heard that one oh yeah that's what the uh, well they were two of them I mean whatever two of them two were of them married baseball. and one oh really two of them were married and one whatever but I think in general when you're an athlete you're not used to I mean their wives I'd met them and they were fantastic that's but in cool. general athletes are you know not surrounded by mensa candidates yeah um, and i bet that because you have a locker room personality for sure and that's okay here's what, i'll tell you the the way i got to them so it was the first day i don't know anyone and we're at this like we're we're in bahrain that was the first stop and so i especially as a jew but also as a woman and a fucking american like i get very angry when i see women in burkas or like to me that's oppression sorry yeah. i'm sorry if that bothers anyone listening but like all women feel that way yeah. so we're in bahrain and that's their customs and it's their law but we're in a, a hotel and it's sovereign and that like it's you can do whatever you want in the hotel like you can wear shorts or a tank top or something and there's all these like sheiks there and they're walking around with their wives and there were some european people there i because i knew i was safe in the hotel i put on the shortest shorts i could find oh i had God. my hair down i just walked I had to go to the gym, but I would walk like back and forth like five times through the lobby before I got to the gym just to be like, this is what a girl's body looks like. Yeah. I'm allowed to do this. That, they they, they must looked be. at me like I was filth. And yes. I was like, I don't How give do they a shit. Do that? Why don't they just be like, God damn? Because they're repressed homosexuals, suppressed homosexuals. I don't know. But I was just like, I was like, this is for America. And this is why they don't like us, by the yeah. way. But I'm like, no, <laughs> I'm going to wear my butt was hanging out. And I was just like, I don't give a shit. Like yeah. in my, like that was my War on terrorism. My... <laughs> the two baseball players are like, oh, they were nowhere to be. be fucking awesome. <laughs> <laughs> hey, let's figure it more. Let's figure it some money. Yeah, we don't buy this. Um, so the first let's night, we're... some extremists and see what <laughs> Let's see what she does. <laughs> oh, she didn't come back with us. Oh no. Uh, the first night we're there, we're all sitting at dinner, and so Wait, there's. What do they wear under burkas? Do they wear like clothes under burkas, or are they naked? Like stripper heels, loose height heels. No, I don't know. <laughs> uh, probably like regular ugly clothes. Um, 
And uh, so we're sitting at dinner and we're with the chairman who I had just met that day. Like, I don't know anyone. His whole staff is there. Secret service, like all these people, not secret service, but security. So we're sitting there and the chairman's telling a story about a 9-11 steel worker. And he's telling the story and he tells us that the, he starts describing this guy. He's like an Irish kid. And he's like, you know, and he was a big guy. And he looks at Matt Hendricks, who the hockey player. And he's like a big guy like you. And Matt's like a big guy. And he goes like you. And so Matt's like, okay. He's like, you know, just like a thick guy, you know like you just like a thick big guy and then he goes on but he said thick enough times to matt like in describing this guy's body that i think it made matt like as a grown man you're like okay like it's (laughs) all right yes sir like you kind of just you're listening to the story so i walked up to matt afterward and i hadn't met him and i just whispered i go how many times after the first time when he called you thick like how long did it take for you to get uncomfortable (laughs) with a grown man calling you thick he was like I got to be honest, it was getting uncomfortable there. It was making me feel ruined. And so for the rest of the trip, like that was my icebreaker with him. Yeah. I went every day. It was like me and then the two baseball players would laugh at whatever I said to him. It was just me making fun of him. I would call him his royal thickness, shamrock shake, triple thick. I wrote him a bill for thixty thick dollars and thick cents. Like everything was Mary Thickmas. Like everything was just like I'd be like, hey, your thighs are going to bust out of your jeans. What's the reward for, for returning them alive? Like everything was just about how thick he was. And so we call him Thicky. And I like on Twitter, I'll be like, Matt, the thickness Hendrix and like hen thicks, like whatever we could do. And I was like, I hope your wife doesn't mind me. <laughs> she was cool about it but everything was just so the trip was just ragging on each other yeah that's it's about you you form a, a little uh, nuclear family mm-hmm. it's the thing about that i love about working at travel is you know every season i mean I, this is i'll be going into my third one now sorry but that like, story was so long no 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 but you but you but the the people you tour with or the people you go out on the road with uh, it become you your, have it forever it's the greatest and then eventually you know your life's taking different directions and eventually you only have that one thing that connects you. But for what it was when you have, you have that little memory and that's like a beautiful thing and you can see each other once a year, revisit those memories, yeah. you know, but that's about it. But that's why I want to tour with comics. I wish like you did, you, did you do a tour, a last comic standing tour after you I won? Did. Who's, who was on it? No one of note. Really? I mean, um, yeah, just the, the, the other comics that were on the show. Oh, uh. I mean, there's no one that no one that you're friends with. I know okay. who you're friends with, and I okay. know what you do. Yeah. Um, it wasn't the. Uh, it I can say this like... now because it's so many years later. It wasn't. It wasn't the. Um, it wasn't the nucleic family that you'd want it to be. It wasn't. It should have been yeah. better, but it wasn't. It was okay. one girl that had beaten out four guys for a lot of money. Oh yeah, that's not. So fun. it was. Unpleasant. Oh, and then and then yeah, and then the whole time they're like, yeah, she got it because she's a chick. It's yeah. like it's like it's like they you know I remember a lot of people saying that Dat Fan won because he was Asian and I was like right. I was like well I don't I don't know why he won but he won. The the truth is and I think you know a lot of time it's easy to say that. it's so funny what's funny about that show which by the way I never talk about because to me at least in 2013 to talk about a 2008 win on Last Comic Standing is the equivalent of being like four touchdowns in a single game Polk High like Al Bundy <laughs> like nobody cares yeah. like it's a cool credit. And I stand behind it. But it was so funny afterward. And even to this day, like, oh, it was rigged. And I'm like, it was rigged. But had you won, then it wouldn't have been rigged. Like, people. Right. And even in Hollywood and anything, you'll notice when anyone gets anything ever, he got this movie. She got this part. It's never because they're talented. There's always some other reason. Yep. It's never because they're good at what they do. Exactly. And so that's a lesson I learned. Uh, the truth. I mean, for my season, I was 
I doubt you watched it, and I doubt anyone I listening watched. Oh, you did. I watched, oh, yeah, of course. Why not? Because everyone always comes up to me. They go, "Oh my god, I didn't see your season." But no, I saw your season. I, I'm trying to remember who was on it because it all melded into one. I I, I did season two. Oh, you did? Yeah. I never see. I never I watched it. I didn't get. I didn't get in the house, but I got to like the finals or whatever. And uh, and it, and I, I talked to Heffron about this. It definitely was not rigged. I love John Heffron. Yeah. It, it, well, it's not. Not only is it not rigged. It's okay. It, it can't be legally because you're asking people to pay when they vote. You can't yeah. rig that. I mean, you'll get sued for everything. Um, there is some casting that goes on, like there is. obviously, you know, at the top, but at you still got to stay in the show. Like it, I knew that it was up to me or John. Like I had a, there was like a spot that that was going to be filled. It was going to be like me or Heffron or like uh, Gary Goldman. Like it was going to be mm-hmm. a dude that's you know white, really regular, hot white guy. Yeah, really hot white guy. <laughs> yeah. But so so so, uh, what were you going to say? You were saying, um, I I mean, I just look at my. The whole, like, you shouldn't have won, and I, in one of the, I don't even know, I, I always wrestle with how much of that story I tell. I've never talked about it, ever, in an interview, in a podcast, because it was such a horrific, I'll just fucking say it, it was such a horrific experience. Really? Touring with them afterward. Like, mentally damaging, that for years after, I could not be around other comics, because I thought they hated me. It was the yeah. worst. And a lot of people to this day will be like, they're intimidated by me or they'll think I'm they'll be like, yeah, she doesn't really hang around or I hate to use the word bitchy or they'll think I'm cold having never met me. But you'll see I just come in. I do my set and I leave because when you go through such a horrible process after what should have been like one of the best moments of your life, it really just kind of messes with everything. Mm-hmm. Getting having to be around men that act like teenage girls in their jealousy. And even in high school, I wasn't around girls like that. So it was like meeting aliens like it was like I didn't know how to deal with them and it was so horrible that that's why I never talk about it because a I don't want to give them the satisfaction yeah and b it was just so unpleasant it should have been so great it should have been the best fucking it should have been, been the celebratory tour I, I I would like yeah it should have been and it should have been you with your friends going to all these cities but instead it was me sitting by myself eating with no one talking to me like it was the worst that's and I never talk about it because I always try to save face and let them you know, like it's over, it's done, be a man, move on. Yeah. Uh, and that's why I'm not saying the names and people can look it up if they want, whatever, and you can draw your conclusions. Um, and it was just, uh, it was really psychologically detrimental. And um, so, but it should have been fun. And to your point, it, it is fun when you get to bring your feature, which you do way more than I do, as you should. When you get to bring someone on the road, it's so much more fun. And, or even when you go into a town and they give you a feature who's super cool, yeah. then you have, and then you're on, like, you have that moment and you're friends forever. Yeah. Uh, you have your friends are forever until the next time you run in and you're drunk and you don't remember his name and you can't book them because you already have your own feature. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I love that and I'm just now getting to like where I'll I'll hang out with the feature on the opening act. And by the way, if you're a feature or an opening act listening to this, it will it behooves you to make you don't have to kiss their asses, but make friends with your headliner because yeah. I if I if you're a, a feature from me and I like you, I will do anything for you. I will try to get you a gig. I'll do whatever I can. I've definitely walked into green rooms where someone's got something to prove and they bring in their girlfriend into my green room. Don't say anything to me. Yeah. Don't say hi. Don't say good set. And it's like, all right, buddy, you, we can have a pissing contest. I'm going to win. Yeah. <laughs> but like, wh- what, is, what are you going to gain by not being nice to me when all I have is t- something, all I can do is give to you? It's ego. <clears throat> you get it more than I do. I don't get it. I won't, I won't get it much. I used to get it um, from, uh, from um, older black comics. Like, oh sure! When I had an older black comic oh, feature for so me, yeah. they, that was the only time I got it. I never got it from white comics because mm-hmm. white comics feel like you know, hey man, we're, if you can help me, you know, you can yeah. help me. <clears throat> but older black comics uh, used to used to 
despise me. I mean, I had I had three back to back to back, and I was and I literally by the last one. I this was is like, when you're the fe- the headliner. I was the headliner. I was okay. thirty. I was Georgia. Was I had just been born? I was thirty four, maybe thirty four, mm-hmm. thirty four, thirty five, maybe, and um, yeah, and thirty four, and so. And I was headlining nationally. I was doing all the clubs, um, and I, they would just get – they would always get black features. And it's like a fun juxtaposition. There's, and then there's one – I'm saying one name just so that he knows he was not that guy. But there was a guy named Tim Northern uh-huh. who I loved working with. Okay. Because he was, he was older than me, but he was cool as fuck. Sure. And we got down every single night, and we drank, and we talked comedy, and he was like – just had a passion for it. But there were a bunch that were not cool. Sure. And they know who they were. But because they like, feel that they're owed something. They're, they're, like, they're like, why you? Mm-hmm. I've been doing it longer. I'm, 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 I'm funnier. I can raise the roof. I got to – and mm-hmm. you're like, I'll tell you why it's not – and then, by the way, and now I'm thinking another name who's really cool. Like – like bam bam, cool. I loved you too. Like <laughs> if they were cool, yeah. they know they're cool. Yeah, yeah. No you one, knew yeah. you were cool. You knew you're cool. You're not like a backstabber. The, th- the three cunts know who they are. Oh my god, that's so funny. So uh, so and I got to a point where I was like, I had to call and say, listen, I can't have. I happened in Baltimore. I was I was going into Baltimore and I go, who's the? <laughs> they're like two person show, and I went, I went, oh, and I'm like, listen, I'm in Baltimore, and this I go, Comedy Factory, yeah, is that it? Yeah, yeah, and I go, it's not a black dude with one name, is it? And they're like. <laughs> they go, yeah, it is. It's Alabama, and oh. I go, yeah, and I go, I go, I can't work with him. And they're like, listen, he's not like. I go, listen, it just, I go, that's, I can't. Alabama's do, the best, I, but he is. Yeah. I didn't know that, but I, I had set up a. I stereotype. love that we both got the same yeah. feature. <laughs> I build up a stereotype mm-hmm. to like what will happen when this happens. I'm gonna have a one named black feature who's sure. going to be pissed off that it's not him headlining he doesn't i've never seen travel channel i don't know who the fuck you are sure i don't care yeah the reason i can get last comic standing is i'm not with barry katz and so all these little issues and that i was going to deal with and 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 what's name was like listen I, that is not alabama i promise i was like do me a favor bring in another dude i don't care what color oh, he is but yeah. bring in another guy just so we can split it up and Alabama was fucking awesome. So funny. I fucking loved him. And I was and I felt like a real jerk because I had set that up. And he had great shows and he was cool as fuck. And we talked comedy in the green room every night. And I fucking dug him and he hung out with me after yeah. the shows. Did he do his blindside bit? I don't know. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm just looking for a white family. So funny. He's he's great, but I had set up a stereotype, and you probably get it more. But that was where I got it, and so I just was like, I can't. It, it yeah. here. Let me. I'm going to build on what you just said. Yeah. If you're a feature and you're listening to this, and you're like, I'm a fucking, or you're hosting. When you get to the feature point, David Tell gave me the best advice in the world. Do not attempt to blow your headliner off stage and make a long weekend for that person. You will never leapfrog into headliner. You're never going to go... No one's going to be like, you know what? You go up there instead. Bert, yeah. go home. Do you realize how many phone calls they have to make? They've got to call my agent. They've got to call the fucking... They've got to call Aaron at the improv. They've got to call my manager. Who owns the fucking improv? It's never going to happen. <laughs> right, and, right, And they've got to justify a guy who's been doing it 14 years and there's a new kid that just blew him off stage. It's not going to happen. Not only that, I've followed every fucking guy there is to follow... In my life, it's not going to happen. It's not. No one's blowing me off stage. I can fucking promise you that. So this is the other way to do it. Okay, you go into a club and you see Eliza or myself, and you just fucking hang out and write and say, "Listen, I'm writing a bunch. I would love if you could, you know, take a look." Not at the. You don't have to watch my whole set. Oh, I'm like, not going to watch it. Like the last five minutes <laughs> sure, before I go sure, on, sure. I'm going to do a lot of new stuff and. 
first of all, we're like, fuck, yeah, I would love to see someone write. I'd love to see you bomb. Yeah. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but like David Tell told me, he goes, I did like four shows. I've told this a million times. I did like four shows, and I tried to kill, kill, kill so that he would just come up and be like, you're fucking amazing. That's never going to happen. David Tell's never going to think I'm amazing. He's never going to not go on stage. He's never going to like you better. Yeah. yeah. So he came up to me, and he goes, we get it. This is like Friday night, second show. He goes, we get it. You're funny. Now, how about writing a new joke? And I was like, and then he pulled me aside that night, and we talked all night about comedy, and he goes, he goes, you're at a place in your career where you get to write. No one gives a fuck if you bomb. No, you're not getting fired. Right. I'll stand up for you. I'll back you up. Yeah. But you goes, you goes, you know, you just you should be writing all the time. For sure. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I, I'll agree with you on that. Um, there's so many different kinds of. I'm just thinking about this. So many different kinds of. You have nothing in general in show business. You have nothing to lose by just being nice. Yeah. And just this pissing. I mean, I don't get it a lot anymore. I think. But it's just – it's weird to me when features like Satan – like I'll do a weekend and the headline – the host will be super nice. The feature will say – not even being a dick. Maybe he's just in his own world. But have some better business sense about yourself. Like don't ignore me the whole weekend. I don't think you're busier than me. Yeah. All right? We're in Atlanta. Like I don't think you're yeah. busier than me. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, there's something to be to be gained by that. And you – I mean this business is mostly about who you know. Yeah. Most people don't get on these shows because they auditioned and they were good. It's because their friend was the writer and now you're on a show. I'm going to tell you right now that, I, that I'll say Tommy Jonigan's name. Tommy Jonigan mm-hmm. was uh, a dude that I had worked with and a number of people had worked with and he was just cool to hang out with. And now, yeah. and, and I, I'm not saying that we're the reason that he's now doing Letterman all the time, but I'll tell you one thing. His, the road was more fun for him because he knew a bunch of people. Sure. And, and when he came in and people were like, oh, you're going to love Tommy. And then all of a sudden he's making more friends and he's, Tommy's just a nice guy. So you, And especially like you want, if you're the feature, like you can be, I don't, we don't talk about being the feature, but like I've never been the feature. And I know that's like Chris a horrible Rock thing. I've never been the feature either. Well, hopefully my career turns out like his. Um, <laughs> because of Last Comic Standing, I, and this is a big thing for me, I skipped what should have been college. Like I went from, I'd been doing comedy three years. You Kobe Bryant. I did. Yeah. And I won Last Comic Standing and I became a headliner. And it's not that I wasn't prepared for it. Like I was definitely ready to be. I mean, I can't tell you it was the strongest 45 minutes to an hour. I mean, when I started, but I definitely wasn't going to walk away from it. But you miss those formidable year, formative years rather, where you're on the road with your friends and you're in it. Like all people, I'll talk to my friends like, yeah, we're all Chicago comics. We're all New York comics. We're all yeah. San Francisco. I didn't have that. So I've got friends who are like all my friends are like 40 because I met them at an open mic and they've <laughs> been loyal to me or something like that. Yeah. You know, and so it's I miss that. I don't have a group of comic friends. I mean, I have like the comedy store and stuff like that, but I'm not going to go hang out with like a bunch of dudes and watch a boxing match. I'm not Morgan Murphy. I'm not that cool. <laughs> and so it's like this weird thing. So I miss like a lot of like, I, I, it's just like a weird arrested development kind of career. But when you get, if you're the feature, think of yourself as an ambassador for that city. I was recently in Portland and we had a feature named, uh, oh God, was he the feature or the host? He was the host. His name was Todd Armstrong. He was very funny and he was so nice so nice to me and his wife came and he anywhere we wanted to go he's like I know the restaurant or like if somebody needed something he's like I know where to get that I know where to get this and they just made it fun and now you know when you go back in you can request that person and you have someone to hang out with I had a dude named Anton in Austin this week and he's not even from Austin but he knew some people from Austin and he went out with me every single night and so did my host John John Mendoza says an unfortunate name considering there's a much more successful comedian named John Mendoza. But yeah, he's older. You'd have to be old to know. Mm. Um, I think he's, he's probably not touring much. But John Mendoza stayed with us every night and made sure I got home. I was like, that fucking, I'll remember that shit. Sure. Just and then the other nice. thing I did is I walked in and I was like, guess that's for fucking everybody. I was like, Austin's got this great comedy scene. I want to see it. Like, City? it. Yeah, I was like, everyone want to do a guest set? Run into me in a bar? Done. Mikey Swenson. Give me five. You know what? And I said something. They were like, oh my God, I give somebody five. Five minutes. 
and they're like, oh my god, that's so nice of you. I'm like, it's your problem if you bomb, not yeah, mine. Just, not, I'm, I'm taking it out of the feature. Still time. doing my set, yeah. Oh yeah, it's, it's not out of my time. Yeah, I'm not losing any money on mm-hmm. this. I just get I get pay. paid the same either way, actually. So <laughs> yeah, yeah. enjoy yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's the other thing. It's I don't know. There's so there's just it just takes so little to be nice, and it means you never know how much it's going to mean to someone. Like, oh, that guest set you gave me was the set that helped me get my late night set. Like, you just yeah. just takes nothing to be nice to people. Um, but and yeah. you never know, like the little things, like. Uh, What's in her eye? Um, I uh, yeah, I I'm. I, by the way, I was thinking of this the other day. You because you fly with your dog. I was on a plane the other day, yeah. and there was a German Shepherd uh, service dog who took a shit in first class. Oh my god! Yep. Just Germans took it. <laughs> <laughs> this is what we think of your establishment. Um, no, she's. You saw she was just lying here. That's yeah. how she is. Five hour flights, six hour flights. She really? just lays there. Sometimes, okay. Sometimes you know when you have like a roadie yourself. So this one time I was laying down. I was so tired coming back from like somewhere on these. For those of you that don't know, Blanche is is uh, is Eliza is Eliza's uh, literally best friend. Oh look at this! Oh, I she's just found a bed. dog bed. She'll claim that. So she's like a half. She's gorgeous. You can go on any. Any social media thing of mine, and you'll see pictures of her. So I put her, I can put her in a seat by herself, and she won't get up. Actually, yeah. I'll show you a picture. No one's going to see this. But anyways, um, so I laid down across two seats, like in a ball, and I put her on the third seat by the aisle. And I woke up, and there was like a flock of flight attendants just petting her. Like, and it's just weird to yeah. wake up and like someone's super close to your body. Yeah. <laughs> but she's just very, I'll show you this picture. Um, she's super well-behaved. and She's a great dog. She's really. Priscilla wanted to play with her. Like yeah, Blanche Priscilla, was having none of that. Yeah, Priscilla is. Priscilla came over. Bill Burr came over the other day, mm-hmm. and Priscilla fucking fell in love with him. Uh, because she's a girl. I think girl dogs like male energy. Yeah, she gets real. She got real cunty with Duncan. <laughs> Duncan Trussell. Yeah, she was like. He, gives, he got a weird energy. She, he came in. I think he had eaten an edible, and she was like, oh my God, that's oh, so "This funny. guy I got girls in this house, man." She knew it. Uh, I'll just like what I'll do is after our. Military personnel board the plane. I then go up to the gate agent and I say, listen, you Nazi whore. I need to get on <laughs> this flight early because I have a service dog and I have yeah. the paperwork and everything. And I say that it's so I, my dog can get settled. But truly, it's just because I want to stow my bag and pee before everyone gets on the plane. Yeah. And so I always do that. And I set her down in the seat and I go pee. And I, of course, can't do find you buy her a seat. No, because uh, no, she fits where my feet are. Yeah. Um, this is really hard for me, like trying to like feign a story while I look for this picture. Uh, and I just sit her down. She doesn't do anything. And then sometimes the flight attendants love her and they bring her all kinds of snacks that her mom eats. And I pretend that I'm giving her the dog. Here you go. So I set her down in the chair. I went to go pee. And when I came back, this is what she was doing. Like looking to see if I was coming back. Oh, are you fucking kidding me? That's a great dog. She's the most amazing woman I've ever met. That is fucking awesome. That's Mona. Mona is really Mona's our little one that. That you met. Mm-hmm. Mona's a really great dog. She is the alarm. Priscilla's the guard. So, like, Mona will be like, anything, any noise, Mona just goes after it. And then Priscilla's like, I'm up. I'm at it, too. It's actually a blessing to have a... I mean, dogs obviously have amazing hearing. But, like, I... My maid comes every m- Monday morning. And I have an alarm. But I can't... And I have, like, a lock on the door. I have all kinds of locks. I have, like, the little chain thing. But you can't leave the chain lock on because your maid's coming because they can't get in. Yeah. So, I can leave the... This is a weird story, but I can leave the chain off and I can set my alarm because between opening the door and the alarm going off, you have a couple seconds. Like mm-hmm. when you, anyways, Blanche will always hear her key rattling all the way from downstairs. She'll hear the key rattling. So Blanche barks and I know to wake up, turn off the alarm so the maid can come in. That's so. It's that's, like our own little alarm. This morning, George and Isla are in bed with us. We were all in bed. This is my first day home. I got, I got in yesterday. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, first day home, all the kids in bed. Oh, sure. Um, and 
Priscilla's not in bed. She usually sleeps in bed with us. Um, I slept on the couch last night because I was sweating because Leanne likes the room hot and I like it cold and I like to have a blanket on me and I'm fucking neurotic. You're a guy. No, yeah. guys like because you're a warm-blooded mammal. Yeah. Women are cold. So Georgia goes, Georgia goes, where's Priscilla? All of a sudden we hear, shing, shing, like the, the, her noise of her collar. She's like, someone said my name. Someone said my name. And then you have a 130-pound dog sprinting into the I love bedroom you guys too. And just jumps up and like, and literally just, I mean, she thinks she's a lap dog. I, yeah. I love animals. I don't understand people who don't love animals. I, They're absolutely- weird serial killers. Yeah. It's weird, especially when people like, I don't, like, like, it's actually kind of funny because Black people don't like dogs. No, this is like a racist thing to say, but in general, not in general, but like if you take 10 white people, 10 black people, you tend to get more black people that don't like dogs. Really? Yeah. Um, it's like a minority thing. The way you... Now I'm going to get obsessed with that. Think about this. Okay. So let's say, and people are going to give me shit, but just think about this. Or like a, a lot of times I'll have like Latino people was, in my you know, neighborhood. I was about to go, well, Michael Vick, but then oh. I, was, I was like, <laughs> I don't even know why I brought this up. Now I have to substantiate it with evidence. And here it is. Uh, or like Latino people in my neighborhood get very skittish. It's a long haired docks and she's not going to bite you. Yeah. But if you grow up in an area where people don't tend to keep pets uh for pleasure versus protection or they're just like roaming your neighborhood those dogs tend to be more aggressive so what you grow up with is what you know it makes sense Uh, that yeah because because um i'm not saying all black people grow up poor or whatever i'm just saying like these are i know what you're saying and what you're saying is like definitely like uh like um every time i ever had a dog it was a house dog that someone purchased right it It wasn't a a stray dog it wasn't yeah and and it was it definitely lived in the house it shit in the house that's the way white people are it's like the the dog becomes a family member right black people i'm sure there's a comic out there that has a bit about like we treat them like people and it's so funny because i'll bring her to the airport and to me like this is my dog who is basically a throw pillow with eyes yeah and i'll leave her like i'll be in the bathroom at a at a in an airport and I'll let her just walk around the bathroom she's not gonna pee but I have to pee yeah. so I just let her and she'll like sneak under the stall and I don't realize like for other people that's jarring to see yeah. a large like what could be a rat like come out <laughs> and I heard this black one time she's like oh shit is that a rat and I was like <laughs> in my head I'm like why a rat like yeah. why would it be a large rat versus any other type of animal in an airport it's just a dog yeah or like oh is that a fox I'm like <laughs> is that yeah. a fox people, I was obsessed with this morning with the fact that I can't get my dog to laugh like animals don't laugh. Oh, they don't laugh. They That's so fucked up. But they can show you that they're happy. Yeah, by wagging their tail. But I want them to laugh. You're never, like, never gonna. <laughs> oh, if I could do that, do you know how great that viral video would be? If I could just get my dog to laugh. I bet there's one of like a dog going like, it's creepy. It's creepy. What like there's videos of like there's one of a dog saying I love you, but it's not heartwarming. It's like, just like oh god. Do you think do you, do, you, do you think no animal has a sense of humor? Maybe a sense of irony. Blanche understands irony. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I need more out of my cat. Our cat is an asshole. (laughs) uh, Cats are assholes, but I will say that... Okay, I'll say this in terms of sense of humor. I think she knows when I'm kidding, and here's why. And this is going to be a weird story, but I'm going to tell anyway. Okay. When I'm leaving... Okay, I have this whole thing where... Because Blanche is the sweetest dog ever. In my mind, I have to remind her to take mercy to have mercy on other people the idea being like if she were to get angry she would become 50 feet tall and start biting people and blowing fire like a godzilla so i have to always remind her remain merciful and have mercy on others to like keep her at bay like this is the story in my head so when i always tell her i will say like remain merciful and then she lies there and she doesn't kill anyone in my head i think she could kill people so when i'm leaving the house i'll tell her remain like that's the word but when she hears remain she knows 
that I'm about to leave. And then remain became remain in Spain. And now I have a sign on my door that says enjoy Spain. And there's a Spanish flag. And so the idea is that like when I'm leaving, I'll be like, I heard Spain is beautiful this time of year. I think you'll be spending some time in Spain. And that means I'm leaving. Yeah. But she starts to bark because she knows that I'm fucking with her because I'm going to take her anyway. Yeah. So I'll be like, remain in Spain and she'll bark and I'll be like Spain and she'll growl like it's almost like she knows the more the angrier she gets the more likely I'm gonna it is that I'm gonna take her with me okay does that make sense that was a really weird story no 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 so she she can uh, she can sense sense that I'm building something I'll be like Spain remain and then she's like and I'm like in Spain and she's like "Ah," and she freaks out is that your dog voice that's my dog voice I talk (laughs) in this voice 90% of the day it's I'm single it's uh, it's okay, Spain. Um, she just tolerates it because she knows I feed her. The uh, um, my daughter has adopted my wife's animal voice. What is it? I want to hear yours too. Um, I don't have one. Really? I don't do it. I go press. I like I'll just lower it. Like, hold on. Let's see if I can get Georgia in here to do her animal voice. Let's see. One, two, one, three. Do you nine, think we're leaving? Two. We're not leaving. Just relax. Um, relax yeah. Body. George will come in, and George will meet her, and George will do her animal voice. Isla's animal voice sounds like her regular voice because she sounds weird when she talks. Oh my god, that's so funny. Yeah. I love hearing that. I love hearing people's animal voices. Mine's like uh I, like I'll go I'll go, Priscilla, what are you doing? And then I'll I, I always go, It's a standard. Hey, hey, will you send George to the man cave? All right, thanks. Um, what I think is funny, because to me, just like on a stand up comedy note. When someone does their animal voice, you're getting a brief foray or I guess a glimpse into not their psyche, but like their home life. Like you're like that's that's being very vulnerable doing your animal voice. Oh, shit. And most people don't because that's something you do when you're comfortable. Like if I just met you for the first time, I wouldn't be like, hello, Bert. <laughs> like that would be weird. You think I was like yeah. a kindergarten teacher. And so when people do that, they're, you're getting to see a glimpse of who they are when they're comfortable and when they're alone. And what's funny is like, I think my dog voice is the best ever. And then they do theirs and I'm like, yours sounds stupid, <laughs> but mine sounds good. Oh no, here, come on in, come here. All right, this is Georgia. Georgia, this is Blanche. Thank you. Here, shut that door, shut that door. Shut that door. I don't know. She's not here. Hey, uh, can you do, come here, come here over here to the mic. Can you play with Blanche, but do your dog voice that you use to do, like, to Mona? Like, just, uh, like, anything. Like, how do you talk to the, how do you talk to the, the our dogs? What do I say? Like, just say, like, uh, like, what do you say, like, to Mona? Uh, uh, I got 99 problems, but uh, itch ain't one. <laughs> like, do your, do your, your animal voice when you talk to animals. <laughs> okay. I got 99 problems and an itch is one. <laughs> Uh-oh. All right. I lo- okay, that's that's good, George. Thanks. Thank you. All right, I. No, 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 no. This is not turning <laughs> into the, the kid. Do you guys want to ask Eliza any questions about stand-up comedy? First, the USO doesn't want my signature. Now your kids don't want to ask me any questions. All right. We're, leave us. We're going to wrap up, and then we're going over to Tom and Sandy's, okay? Thank you. Do you hear that? You're so cute. So cute. You have to, grown men, I'll be sitting in the airport, grown men will come over and be like, who's a pretty princess? And I'm like, oh, that's what you sound like when you're home. Like yeah. when you're at home in your underwear. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. yeah. It's so funny. My wife, Quick. my wife is around animals so much that sometimes she'll talk to me like, like mm-hmm. during like uh, sex oh. in, a, in an animal voice. No. I swear to Let God. 
Mm. Like, like at the beginning, not during it, but at the beginning, like the foreplay. Mm. Like so- for, to get you hard, that's how she talks. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you doing? She's like, oh, yes, it is. Like, whatever. I can't do her voice. Do you like it, though? It, no, I oh, fucking uh, hate it. Uh, men don't like that. Men don't like it when you cross, when you, like... Like, they want to be, like, their own entity. We don't, like, no baby talk, none of this. I've been accused, like, I've definitely had boyfriends where I'll be, like, like I tend to treat all men like they're adorable. Because I do think men are adorable. Even the toughest guy. Like, yeah. I find I find male traits to be endearing and cute because I'm a fan of men. But I'll be, like, touching him. I'll be, like, oh, my. Like, I'll be talking. He'll be, like, I'm not Blanche. Or I'll, like, squeeze yeah. the cheek. I'm like, yeah. cheek. It's like, stop oh, it. I'm not Blanche. Lynn does that. Lynn does that. She'll grab my ear and pinch my earlobe. Oh, my goodness. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. Jiggle is like belly. Or then I'll spend too much time with Blanche. They'll be like, you love her more. I'm like, she needs me to survive. Yeah. You're just an asshole. You can get your own water. I get, I get, like, I can get, because Priscilla's so big, it's almost like fucking playing with a human. Because she gets in bed a with a giant me. dog. She's the size of Leanne. She's yeah. bigger than Leanne. So, like, I will get in bed and she will lay on top of me and she will roll until you, she wants to be inside you. And she's like, oh, and then all of a sudden you're both hugging each other, rubbing her belly, and she's like, uh, uh, and I'm like, I'm like, this is really close to like molestation. It's so close, wrong species. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the fat girl you slept with in college that like didn't want to get out of your bed. She's like, when are we going to brunch? You're like, get off of me. Oh, I'm still in you. The fat girl. The fat girl. My mistake. Your harem of fat girls. <laughs> that was a fucking sport for a while. Oh my gosh, is that? Did you do that like as a joke or like? No, it just it was. It was like it was easy. It was like practice. Oy. And then they and then they lose weight, and you're like, oh shit. Uh, not about fat girls, but I will say this. Now that I'm 30. Um, oh, you just turned 30? That's it? Yeah, and I hurt my back the next day. <laughs> and like, I've been telling you saying that on stage, but it is true. And it was horrific. And I was like, oh, it's all down here. Uh, I turned 30, and uh, that day I was on the road, and I went to take a shit, and my balls went in the water. And I was like, this is the greatest fucking joke ever. <laughs> and then it was I, just high tide in that bowl. Maybe I, the water shouldn't be that high. I was like fucking murdering. This is going to be – I did it for like a month. And it was like – I forget how the – I forget because I had to lose it. Because the next day I saw, like, ne- like next month I saw that Geraldo had the exact same bit. Oh, really? And he had been doing it for, like, five years. Everybody has that bit when they turn 30. Everyone's balls go in the water. There's, like, some- Canada's water rises high, too. Mine definitely go in the water. I, yeah, I was going to say, I think, yeah, for sure. But I've noticed, like, because I'm, anytime we do a podcast, because always talk, people always talk about dating with me or whatever. Like, who are you into? And Joe Rogan's made fun of me for it. But I really like, like, manly guys. Like, the yeah. bigger the better. Not that I've dated a ton, but I like like alpha athletic guys, whatever. Yeah. And I recently went out with a guy who is like a manly guy, but he's a little bit more reserved. He's not super macho, like more preppy, whatever. Not a comic. No, not a okay. comic. Are you done dating comics? I've no. I think I've dated one or two, so it's not like a thing. I think that's like a weird. It's a great way to end up hating each other, except for Brett Ernst. We dated and we remain friends. We don't like. Hang out, but I, I have nothing but the utmost love and respect for him. I love him. He's the sweetest guy. He's coming on. He's going to come on and do the podcast soon. Oh, yeah. He's yeah. great. He's, he's great. Um, And that takes a special relationship. I'm not saying our relationship now is special, but it's rare that you don't have competition with one another. And I've definitely like gone on a date or two with like one comic, and they made it weird. And you're like, okay, I didn't want to compete with you, but whatever. But there's something to be said for like nerdier guys. While not as hot, and I'm not talking about the guy I dated recently, but just in general, like I've started to get like the thing where like I was like I could have all the nerds I want. Yeah, I could have a whole bobsled team, not bobsled. What are what the dogs do to bo- uh to bobsled dogs? Like you have like a bunch of them. Uh, 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 bobsled. Like, it's not nope, bobsled. not bobsled. Uh, 
Husky team, Husky pack. Yeah. Whatever. I could have a book <laughs> I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. But I could have like and I've like You could have a you comic book store. Put full. that vibe out there. Like I've got like a couple guys with the dark rim glasses or whatever, and they ask you out and you're like, I could go out and be like super hot and date these nerds who are smarter than me, which is great. And super sensitive. Or I could keep dating meatheads and keep banging my head against a wall and not like in a good way. So I don't know. It's interesting. As you get older, like how your taste changed. Oh well I was I was into we were talking about this last night. I, I we were I was into uh, blonde-haired bimbos. That was my thing Who in college. Isn't? Yeah, it was it was my sweet spot. And then I met Leanne. Leanne is clearly not that. She is uh, brunette, uh, freckles from the south, and right. it's like, and it's not. She is not a bimbo. She doesn't wear bimbo clothes. Like she dresses like pretty, like re- like she shops at Target because she's a mom. Right, and, right, right. But she shopped at Target when I met her. Like that's Target's the kind of great. That, yeah, I I would never buy anything for fucking Target. I'm a label whore. No way. Oh, big time. I'm a big time label whore. Look at what you're wearing now. What are you uh, in, like swim trunks? Yeah, well, yeah, we're gonna, yeah. But this shirt I got. This that's is a cool right. shirt. And I'm, I'm not a label whore, but I'm very. I mean, really, are we gonna ignore that? It's a very nice. <laughs> how many how many quarters did it take to get this out of the machine? No. <laughs> yeah. So look, here, is it, a it looks better on it looks better on women. Okay. Uh, I will say this, and this is um, it's from living in L.A. Like, in L.A., everyone looks sloppy. Like, that's the look. Yeah. So my mom will come visit. She'll be like, you look so sloppy. You look homeless. And I'm like, my outfit was $1,000. Yeah. I'm allowed to look sloppy. I always, that's the way I always. It's, this looks great. It's a lovely watch. I don't know where to go with this. Beautiful watch. <laughs> Clearly not I, from Target. I don't want to break it. You can. Um, it's, uh, yeah, but I always, that's always been my thing is like, is like, I'll dress in like jeans a t-shirt and boots but like i this sounds really horrible because i by my theory was i don't buy suits but i'll not, i'll buy nice jeans yeah my shirt will be a nice shirt like it'll be something that's a cool t-shirt and then i always figure like my boots are my i've had the same boots since i since i was 30 i've had them for 10 years cowboy um, boots they're the they're uh they're fry indestructible yeah indestructible yeah. i've had these for 10 years they're the best they fit my foot perfectly you'll never find another pair like yeah. them yeah and so, but I always figure, you know, like I, my clothes will be nice. They're just, I just look sloppy. And it's okay. Like if you, I think if you can warrant it, I'd be mean, like, I spent a lot of money on it. This is, it's supposed to look this way. Yeah. Then it's okay versus like, this looks shitty. I mean, that's the difference between poor people and rich people. Rich people want to look poor. Poor people want to look rich. Yeah, that is interesting. If you look at like rappers versus like alti people, like alti, like rappers want to do, you know, like Rolex or like Louis this, Gucci this. Rich kids want to wear vintage clothes ripped clothes they want to look sloppy like everyone wants to look like they're from the other side of the tracks yeah that's yeah that's interesting i never wanted to look like i don't want to look preppy but that's where my people come from no but your boots are your boots are like really worn in yeah you know those aren't like they're not shiny you're not keeping them clean like they're not sneakers that you're going to keep clean you want them to be dirty i went sneaker shopping the other day someone was like yeah buy those keep them clean i was like i'm gonna go walk right in a puddle like i don't want people to think i have brand new sneakers i don't yeah i don't want to look like i have new clothes yeah, then you look like an asshole. Like, like uh, Damien da- Damon Dash was like, I everything I wear is new. If I wear it once, I throw it away. I'm that's like, horrible. like that's so wasteful. Waste of resources, big time. Yeah, I would love to be his personal assistant. Yeah, how much money do you think you need to have to have a personal assistant? Not that much. You probably pay a personal assistant. Like, you don't. There's like celebrity ones, and then there's like regular ones. I would give him like thirty grand a year if you're right out of college. Jesus. Is that not enough? <laughs> that's a lot. Is that? That's a lot. It's like I, I, all I can think is I got to earn another an extra sixty grand to pay someone to pay 30 that. Grand. Maybe twenty grand. Maybe it's part time. I mean, it depends on what you need it for. But on the clothing thing, I will say this, and this is my issue. 
I'm a very big t-shirt. Like, I own every t-shirt ever. I love t-shirts. I'm a I love, big t-shirt dude. Yeah, I love dressing in t-shirts. I like that t-shirt. Uh, that this, I had a John Barbados t-shirt like that. Like this one? Yeah, like that one, real thin. This is James Purse. <laughs> God, I sound I sound like a queen right now. No, you don't. John <laughs> Barbados is the exception. But I love t- and I love vintage t-shirts, and I like dressing kind of sloppy, and I, oh, I dress that way on stage, and it's just the way I dress, because I think you should look on stage how you do in real life. Exactly. But on the other hand, like if I'm going to go out, no one loves a cheap mini skirt and a pair of high heels and a tank top more than yours truly. Yeah. However, there is no middle ground with me. Like if you say we have like a business casual dinner, I am fucked. Like it's either <laughs> I look like an absolute like 21-year-old yeah. street walker or a really sloppy lesbian. I have no gray. <laughs> it's very difficult. I don't I don't want to wear what like girls wear to meetings. It's just, I want to be able to be I, like I'm still in the part of my life where I if I like I do some business thing I wear a college shirt like when I go to a meeting I always wear a college shirt right. but I'm not a college shirt guy I don't like college shirts and I'm I'm in a weird body phase part where I don't fit in college shirts like I look weird in them you have a big neck nope oh. XL looks like pajamas oh, and a large looks like uh, you have Tommy to get Boy tailor made then or fitted you have to take them to the tailor really? that's the secret that's what people say like people who know about fashion you can buy anything off the rack take it to the tailor. That's what I'm gonna fucking do. Twelve bucks, they'll tailor, they'll do it so that everything fits the way it should. I look at myself on TV and I go, I go, I look like a fucking fool. I can't. I can't. It's hard. It's hard. I did a John. What is? Oh my god, I'm blanking now. Uh, by uh, the John way, Oliver's. Oh wait, wait, no, no, say it. I, was gonna, I did a John Oliver set and I wore a James Purse baggy shirt because you don't want to show off everything. You don't like I. I have a good body. I work out, and if you have everything that's super tight, people aren't going to pay attention. Like they're going to be staring at your tits and like. Someone please grab that uh, soundbite and make it a ringtone. I have a good body. I work out. Oh my god! (laughs) But I mean, women are like taught that we can't be like proud of our bodies. But if you wear that on stage, it's inviting too much. I just want you to hear my awesome joke about texting. So prophetic, and so. But I put on this shirt that was baggy, and I look pregnant. And I have this clip is now online. I'm wearing a red shirt and it just looks awful. And it's like, where is the middle ground between not looking pregnant, but also looking like having your clothes baggy enough that no one can see your body? Like, what do you do? No, I don't. I didn't listen to any of that because all I'm thinking is, can (laughs) someone please make ringtones for each of my episodes? Just the person's name and the things they don't want said Uh, for the ringtone. uh, Eliza Schlesinger. I I have a good body. I I work out. I'm sorry. I have a good body. I work out. He had one leg. (laughs) (laughs) I hated those comics. Oh my god, it's so funny. <laughs> Feature acts, and uh, then that's the ringtone. The Eliza that Slesinger wraps up the show. Oh my god, that's so funny. Ringtone. I'll take it. That uh, sounds like me. That's the no. I um. I can't. I don't know what to do. Like I'm preparing for a new hour, and I'm less com- concerned about the material and more concerned about what How I'm you're gonna wear. look. Yeah. I feel the same way. Anything for TV or anything, and for comics, like dressing isn't our strong suit, and. You want people to focus on you, not the outfit. This isn't delirious. We can't wear weird outfits anymore. Yeah. And so that's the one who wore the red, the red leather, right? Yeah. Oh, why not? Why not? That's what I was thinking. Why not? You know what? You know what I've been doing lately? I've been doing the sh- show with my shirt off. Like yeah. on a lot of shows, I get up, I rip my shirt off first five five seconds on the thing. Okay. To let me Kesha. ask you this. Shoot. And this has nothing to do with anything. Okay. I don't know what you look like with your shirt off, but is your are you doing it because you think your body is funny? Because are you in shape? Are you out of shape? I'm. I don't know why I'm doing it. I'm okay. doing it because it's a fucking. I, I'll tell you why I'm doing it because I was very depressed in Edmonton, and I who wouldn't be because I, it's the best comedy city ever. Have you been? Uh, I do Calgary a lot, not Edmonton. Edmonton's fucking amazing. No, I probably never will because I just made fun. No, of the no, city. Rick will have you in a heartbeat. Good, you would kill up there. So, um, 
So I did Edmonton and I just gotten done trip flip and it was like I was leaving this nuclear family and then I was going out and I was by myself. I'm in a condo. Sure. I have to walk to go get lunch. There's no, like all the perks of TV are gone and now mm-hmm. it's back to real life. And I'm like, oh, this sucks. This is who I am. I forgot. I'm this guy. I'm not the guy that stays at a five-star. I'm this guy eating at the Olive Garden alone at two in the afternoon. As opposed to having a personal chef prepare a meal for us on a mountaintop in Austria. You know, like, like that, yeah. that, that guy's gone. I'm back to, this is Bert. So a I'm, strip mall in Edmonton. Yep. Yep. I'm depressed as shit, and I'm like, and I, and I cannot get it up, and I'm sick. I feel sick before the first show on Thursday, or Thursday, and I'm like, I go, I gotta, I gotta get out of this, and, um... I had done this thing with Pete Holmes, and I had done this. Someone introduced me to Kesha. I had heard um, uh, my daughters introduce me to Kesha, ah. Die Young. So I was like, you know what? That song is, I find it, I think it's good beat, and I think it's catchy. Mm-hmm. But I also think it's silly because it's like, I'm 40. It's not meant for me. <laughs> you missed the, the demographic for yeah, that. It's exactly. not meant for me. So I told him to play Kesha to bring me up on stage, and it cheered me up. And then I just sure. – I've always been – I always take my shirt off all the time. It used to be because I was fat. Now I just do it. I don't give a fuck. Right. I take it off, and I did like – I think I did two shows that weekend shirtless the whole show. Let me it's, ask you this. If you had like just like a Hugh Jackman ripped hot body – I would not take my shirt off. There you go. Yeah. And therein, folks, lies the rub because hot isn't funny. No. And I get asked all the time, like, why don't you just sex here on stage? I'm like, why put another hurdle between me and the audience? You're already shocked that a woman is speaking. Yeah. And so why do that? Why make it so that you're staring at my boobs or my ass the entire time? And that's why. If you're super hot, it's not so funny anymore. Yeah, that's interesting because, yeah, I think that once you once I'm shirtless, everyone's like, ugh. But then, then I can make whatever joke I and want. And they're like, he's just like me. They, yeah. They're not intimidated. They're not jealous. I have seen female comics where I'm like, God damn, those her their legs her legs are great, and that's what I'm thinking. And that's what you're thinking. Yeah, and I've seen girls. You should do it in a burka. I should do it in a burka and just and tell all anti-Semitic jokes. Uh, that was I should have said that. Um, <laughs> I I've seen a lot of girl coming. You know, and but spend the first like five minutes trying to figure out to put the mic under the burka or talk <laughs> through the mic. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if they have like a mouth hole. No, I they have to lift it. Uh, you well, never Google burka porn. Do you think they have? They must have it. Like someone they did do. it. They have everything. Mm-hmm. But I watch a lot of girls, and they'll dress up in like a dress. I wouldn't wear a dress anyway, like a you know a frilly dress or something. And it's like there's nothing to be said for that. But showing off the curves of your body, if you have a good body, even if you have a bad body, like having a lot of cleavage or something, it just detracts. I'm, like, I'm up there to say something. Otherwise, I would be modeling. Yeah, no, I wouldn't. But you know, like if you're there to do your job, do your job. And you should don't. look like Johnny Depp. I would love to. Yeah, He's no, but stunning. like just like just like like you, you shouldn't be like he 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 kind of dresses like. On that on that fence, like he's yeah. like he's his clothes aren't form fitting. They're kind of loose and baggy, but they look cool as shit. Right. It's I mean it's personal preference, but I also like I, don't know, I move around a lot. I can't fall down or do a kick or something. I don't know. And it's total personal preference, but you will not listen to me as much. I mean, yeah. that's for a bar. Like that's why guys always zone out when they're talking to a girl at a bar because she's got like a low cut wife beater on. Like because oh. it's not for listening. It's for looking. Yeah. I, I've I've been massively distracted these days. I'm listening to my brain a lot more than I ever have because of this Isla shit. But um, but yeah, I was I can like I my wife says that I do not add value to a woman that I don't find attractive. I she's valueless to me. Oh, because okay, that's interesting. My wife goes because I gave a seat to a dude who was a big guy, uh-huh. and there was a big woman that had walked past me, right? And I didn't give it to him, her. And my wife goes, "It's interesting that you give it to the guy." It is I go, interesting. I go, well, the guy's 
you know, I'm like in my head, I'm like, he's a big guy. He's going to be uncomfortable. The, I have the single exit row, uh-huh. I, the single seat on the exit row in the small planes. Yeah. I go, I'm uncomfortable. I'll let him have this one. I'll take his. It's and then we'll switch and we'll sit mm-hmm. next to each other. And she was like, Well, why didn't you do that to that woman? And I was like, I didn't even see her. My wife's like, Exactly. She has no value in your book. You know what? Can I? I because I thought about this at length. Women are the fairer sex for a reason. We're the more delicate, and we are afforded certain. Uh, I don't know if the word opportunities, but we're afforded certain luxuries because of that. You will open the door for us. You'll pay for dinner, all these things. And the ultimate sacrifice is that you have to bear a child one day, which sounds like it's going to suck. Um, it but does. when women aren't, and whether it's misogynistic or sexist or whatever, when women aren't the archetype that they're supposed to be, when they don't embody these feminine qualities, you have no value to a man because you're not living up to what a woman should be. And so you're not noticing her because, first of all, you're married. So if you're going to look at another woman, it's purely so you can look at a hot girl for a second. And yeah. just because that's the way men are and that's fine. So she, here's a woman. She offers nothing to you. You're not going to get to know her personality because you already have your wife. And she's not attractive. So there's no reason to look at her. I know that sounds horrible. If that woman asked you for your seat, you would have given it to her. Yeah. If that woman asked you, oh, I dropped something, pick it up, you'd be nice. But on a visceral level, she's not holding up her end of the bargain. On a on a on an evolutionary level. Do you talk about any of this on stage? No. You should. I have I have think I foray into it in terms of I have a whole thing about why women wear makeup and why we dress up. I call, my hour special, which is going to be on Netflix. Super excited. When? Uh, I don't know. We're doing the artwork this week. Oh, nice. Uh, it's called War Paint, and it's about the whole thing. Or like, Ooh, they, I like that. Thank you. It's about all the things that women do. Like men, they say men are the whole bit is men are hunters and women are gatherers. And I'm like, kind of women are gatherers we gather information about men and then we hunt you the makeup i have on i don't wear heels for my circulation i wear them so you'll look at my butt because it's propped up push-up bra it's not because it's comfortable those things are horrible and you take them off and you're like oh i do it yeah. so you'll look at my sexual organs and want to mate with me yeah. this is why we do everything we do and the whole thing is about how this is like you put on your makeup because you're going out to look attractive for men yeah it's war paint and it the whole thing is is a, is a war I love, I love I love when I love taking a subject that I have never explored on stage mm-hmm. and hearing a comic who's definitely thought about it and then oh, I go length. and then yeah. I go fuck oh no yeah that was there that was there I know sure. when I hear it I go that makes sense Mike Mike McCray you know Mike McCray uh-uh. he was a he's a Bob and Tom guy uh, out of Austin he came and did a set today huh. about uh, or this weekend in Austin about um about the Boston bomber mm-hmm. and the boat. And the the bone of contention that boat must have been because it was just sitting in the backyard. You know that guy bought it, and I'm going to be a fisherman. And she's like, "Yeah, listen, you." The, and then during that whole time, yeah. they're hiding in the basement with all these guys around them. Oh my God, like so you had to get a fucking you get boat, a fucking boat, Mister Horatio what? Hornblower over here. <laughs> I, he made me laugh so hard, and I go, "Fuck!" I didn't. You know, I saw that on the news, but I just went in my I head. Think up. about it. But I think that's what's so great about comedy is like what your brain gravitates toward, and you have a billion. I mean. I do, and I can see that you do, like a billion thoughts a minute about everything. Yeah. And I think the skill in comedy, or one of the rudimentary skills about it, is having the wherewithal to extrapolate a thought that you just had and be like, that is funny, versus this is a normal way of thinking. So, like, you have it yeah. to know that, like, what I just thought, like, I think all my thoughts are normal, but they're not. And the reason, and because they're not, that's why I'm a stand up comic. So, it's to be able to pause and be like, wait a minute, what I just thought is something I should talk about versus what I just thought is what everyone else is thinking because it never is. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like he saw the boat that way versus versus thinking like, of course, everyone's going to make fun of the boat, but no one else did. But that was he had the wherewithal to take that one shred of of a thought and make it a bit. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yep. It's totally I, I 
I watch like there's dudes that do that so well. Why do I say dudes? I'm in the fucking. I'm in here with you, but but no, it's it's usually dudes. It's just randomly. Most female comics are just horrible. It's comics. I like I I think women are funnier on Twitter than men. Personally, I think we're better writers. I think so. Yeah. I you know what? I got to be honest, and I hate saying this because I used to be all like because I consider myself like a funny person, not a funny for a girl. I can smell female comics from a mile away, and I can feel like when I, when I read a writing packet, I can tell when a girl's written it. Really, there's just a certain and there are some. I have a for my pilot I'm doing. I there was a one girl writer that I had to have. Her name is Cece Pleasant. She's amazing, and I and she I like her because she writes, and you can't tell who's writing that. Yeah, girls, it's a lot of time. It's just this like nagging like every punchline is a dick joke or an abortion joke or a dating joke or yeah. a, and you're just like do you do anything else besides fuck do you do anything else <laughs> oh my god I've, I've had that same question brought to me by my manager though do you do anything else other than want blowjobs oh my god <laughs> like, that's so and, but for some, it's okay when a guy does it but it, again because the women are the fairer sex yeah. and because we're put on such pedestals when a girl does it there is shock value take someone like Sarah Silverman who's great yeah. she did it but then you have so many iterations of her and girls that are like if I tell a dirty joke without any of the intelligence then I can do it too and that's where I start to get bothered yeah it it is interesting because Sarah was pretty much a trailblazer in that like I didn't I hadn't seen when I first saw her do stand up I was like holy shit Mm -hmm. and then I saw Wanda Sykes and Wanda Sykes was like fucking murderer sure I saw her and I was like holy shit and then I was like there was in New York I never I didn't I didn't never really saw women comics that didn't kill. That was because it was such a fucking boys club that you had to break. You have through. to claw your way. Yeah. yeah. Um, but yeah, and I, I yeah I don't I don't really see I don't know I don't I don't have a problem with like female comics. No, I don't have a problem with I lo- look. If you're funny, all I want to do is it's, be your best friend. Yeah, that's all I care about. People is, can make and people always ask me. They'll give me like specific. We don't do this like girl comics. Do you like this? They're always trying to get you to pick fights with each other. Yeah. I have no issue personally with any girl. I've never gotten an argument with them. I don't have any beef with anyone. If you're funny, all I want to do is listen to your stuff. Yeah. If you're not funny, and this, there, by the way, there are plenty of unfunny male comics, if not more. Oh, there's much more because there's, there's just more. Yeah. Men that I, there's do a it. lot of I, I. It's so funny. What I find unfunny in male comics these days is is also passing as as funny. Like people are like that that guy's great, but I'm like that's not great. It's no. just a style. You're looking at the just, way yeah. he's, dre- he's dressed, and you're associating him with the scene. You're talking about alt comics. I'm not talking about alt comics, but but I am talking about. Like I, I, the people, the person I'm talking about right now is definitely I don't know, I'll tell you after. <laughs> but like I watched some shit I got online, and there's like, and it was like, uh, I, I was watching some videos, and some guys were funny as shit, and then yeah. some guys weren't actually funny. Mm-hmm. They were just doing the the um, they were doing the mating ritual, the dance that that they've seen the comics do in their area. Yeah, and, mimicking and, and, it. And, and mind you, on the road, I run into that exact same thing. For a, a big chunk of time, of like what Dane or like the comedy store because was they're doing. so isolated in their city right. that they don't have any current references because they're not in the and thick not, of it, and they're not bold enough to break out and have their sure. own voice. You know, they like, don't know any better, right? I'll tell you a perfect example of a guy who doesn't do that is Mike Birbiglia. Mike Birbiglia decided to change his act, do an entire storytelling. I mean, he's one of those guys where I kind of looked at him and I was like, like he's. I think he doesn't get enough due as a great comic. But like Bill Burr changed his yeah. style, Louis changed his style. Like, and these guys are just simply doing what they're they're simply going through the motions of what they've seen work and they're putting on the outfit of what they've seen work uh-huh. and they're doing that and I go for me that's unoriginal there was a guy I saw you're saying those guys are unoriginal you're saying they've changed it I don't know what I said 
talking about Louis C.K. and oh they, like, no, they they've they've changed the thing. They've, I was like, that's pretty bold to say on a no, podcast. No, no, no. Those guys, Louis and Bill, and them, they literally were like, "This is my voice." But I think that's also these guys are older. I'm not saying they're old, yeah. but they've had the luxury of going through an evolution. Yeah. So it's unfair to look at even though. You look at a 21-year-old kid who's like doing stoner jokes and fucking jokes, and it's yeah. like you got to go through this catharsis to get to find your voice. So it's unfair to look at those older guys and be like, look where they are, because who knows what kind of jokes they were telling at 21. Oh, I know. I know what jokes Louis and Bill were, were telling. There. Yeah, <laughs> not, not Louis, but Bill. I know what jokes he was telling and what I've watched them, and I watched them metamorphose. But that, what I find unoriginal is guys who are just simply going through the motions of what they think are funny. And sure. That's, like, I don't – like. I, funny is funny when when you're original. I don't care if you're alt or black or white. That is or, the or key. Female. Just be original. Yeah, or at least strive to be original or try to. Absolutely. And when they go, sometimes they'll tell a joke, and I want to pull them on and be like, "Do you think that's funny, yeah. or did you just say pussy because you thought that would be the okay punchline?" Exactly. Do you find what is? There's one guy I can say that I remember watching him and going, "I don't know his name. He has three names, like Charles Nelson Riley. This guy was so fucking funny." I don't think he's even doing it anymore. But man, is it Eric Charles Nielsen? That's it. Yeah, that kid he was, was like a far side character. So fucking him. Yeah, that, that is that I we were doing an audition for Aspen, and I went on and I went. I literally was like, I cannot follow that. Sure, that was so so unique, unique mm-hmm. and original and real, and that I was like. I was like, he wrote those. Yeah, yeah. And he experienced those. And it those makes are his you want to be a better comic. Yes. You see stuff like that. I remember the first time I saw Dane Cook. And you can think whatever you want about Dane. I'll tell you exactly what I think. I, I remember the first time I saw Dane Cook. And I was like, holy fucking shit. This guy's a monster. I saw him at the Laugh Factory. And I was like, I was in, and I left. I had just started comedy like that week. And I, I, I don't own his. I mean, I'd heard his album and stuff like that. But I, and I've never watched a performance at length since then. But I saw that. And it's inspiring. When you see a good comic, it makes you want to write more. It makes you rethink the way you think things. He redefined everything. I've I've talked about this with Bill a little bit. I'm just making sure we're still recording. That's the the, the the name of this podcast. Um, But Bill. I'm making sure we're still recording. I, 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 I don't think enough people really understand what a fucking great comic he is. Like, you know, like he, I would watch him. He was the first guy that I ever went, so wait, he's never going to bomb? Right. He's going to murder Every fucking time. No, since we've seen right. that Dane's taken some chances and he's definitely had some negative sets recently that, you know, were sure. kind of noted. But, but noted. he's taking chances. And he was the first. You saw it. And it's so funny. Like, I'll get, I will, for whatever people think about him now, I will defend him vehemently in a, in a comedy discussion because we the first guy. He was good looking. Yep. He was in shape. He was aggressive. He was happy. He was a happy comic. He wasn't a want to kill myself. I hate everything. He was the yeah. first one to make it happy. First social media comic. And his style was unprecedented. And no one had done anything like that. Now, I mean, everyone, like there's, I mean, people have even accused me of that. And I just think when you're aggressive or when you're fast, people associate with that because that's one of the icons of stand-up for our time. Yeah. But what he was doing was original. And he deserves so much credit for that. Oh, yeah. He came onto the scene. Boom. I'm like nothing else. And I, I think it's an amazing thing that he did. And people crap on him. And it's just like, but you couldn't do what he did. No Epic. one could. I tried. <laughs> <laughs> I tried. I wanted to be like him. I saw him go up and just murder and get deal after deal after deal. And I was like, I got to learn how to murder better. Because I was, I was like be a, a New York murderer. comic. And I was like, I was like, I can tell. I, 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 didn't, I found my voice very quickly. But I didn't know how to write jokes very well. So I found my sure. voice very quickly. And I could get deals because I could tell a couple stories that worked for me and and they were real but then i but I, then i went on the road and i was like god i'm not that good of a comic and then i spent fucking big chunk trying to figure it out now i'm like it's funny when you say you did that last comic standing tour three years i'm like 
I would have totally had the 45 minutes. Sure. I would have totally been like, I can do this. I got it. But man, I would have fucking, I would have melted worse than you had I been with a bunch of comics that were, you know, kind of being shitty and, and sure. jealous. I would have been a fucking mess. Oh, yeah. I, who says I wasn't? I don't know. I mean, as long as you can do the crying when you're by yourself and just like save face when you're there. <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm thinking about doing? This mm-hmm. is my new, um, this is my new brainchild. Okay. Doug Benson does um does 4 p.m. shows 4:20 shows yeah. I want to do I want to do I want to do 8 a.m. shows I want to do an 8 a.m. show at a comedy club where it's the goal is like fucking uh Monday morning call in sick show where, I will can I be on it yes how wouldn't that be fun yeah uh, it, no but it would be an experience it would be interesting so so, so like I'm thinking about doing it in D.C. so so we do the we weekend. fly in that morning yeah, fly, <laughs> we like, land fly, at six. Yeah. Uh, and, and it's a call-in sick show. That's so funny. everyone goes, guys, we're selling tickets. They're going to be super cheap because you're going to – like 10 bucks tickets. Like just – it's going to – just so that you, know you go. What you should do? What? You should have like right before the show, like everyone called in sick to be there. Whoever called in sick from the best job gets like an improv t-shirt or something. Yeah. Like you work for – oh, you work for the president you called in sick? Okay, you get a free night at the improv or something just yeah. to like make it worth or, it. Or how great would it be? I mean you could get – that would be so fucking awesome, and it would be because my favorite thing is morning drinking, like drinking at eight a.m. and then and then going into like noon and going to sleep, like that's my favorite thing to do. Yeah. So you do it like it's like who doesn't love fucking um, who doesn't love uh, St. Patty's Day, right? I, I I'm telling you, that's what that's my because I was like I was like I would love to go into a club and just do like a Monday morning show at eight a.m. I would I would I think that'd be a fun thing to do like MySpace. You do like their secret or maybe shows even Friday morning, any morning, yeah. Monday morning might be tough. Friday morning, you're more apt to get people that are like starting their weekend early. Like, Fuck it, I'm calling it sick Friday. Uh, that'd be fun. I'm I'm not a day drinker, so I'm a, I can drink. I can drink at night. Like I'm I'm pride myself on being a really good drinker, I'm pretty good drunk. But day drinking, that's tough. Oh, I love that's it. for professionals. Oh yeah, I, it was my that was my go to for a while. Like when I was like when because I, I was partying hard on the road, and then I'd go in and do radio, and I'd just be like, "You guys got anything to drink in here?" And then the wheels would come off. I'm, I'll never forget. I was with DJ Laz in Miami. The first time I ever did it, I think it was with DJ Laz in Miami. And they and I was like, I could, I'm like, I'm really hungover. I could use like a drink to right the boat. And they were like, you want to do a shot? And I was like, let's really? do a shot. Yeah. And the Haitian Mafia was in there. The, oh my God. The Zopound. And we ended up getting fucked up. And and then halfway through, I realized I'm with a bunch of gangbangers. Yeah. <laughs> and, like these people buy women. This is fantastic. So, yeah, it's so... <laughs> So then Laz came out to my show and we partied all fucking night. That's so fun. But, and then I know I, no, the first time I ever did it with, was with Elliot in the morning. Mm-hmm. Elliot in the morning in DC. You ever done Elliot? No, I do he's, a different one. He's the best. He has so much fun. That is fun. And, I yeah. When I go to oh, I was thinking Baltimore. Sorry, I've never I've played DC. You uh, haven't played DC. When I go to Baltimore to do the Comedy Factory, I do this morning show, uh, and it's all I my weekend for the last two years was always like right before the. Ravens go to the game that will decide if they're going to go to the Super Bowl. Great. Playoff thing. Ball, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I go in the morning. I get up at 6 a.m. and I go to this bar. They, like, take me there and I sit with them while they do a live show. Wait, is it, is it, what's his name's brother? Yeah, and why am I blanking? This is uh, so embarrassing. Chip. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah. Uh, is it his brother? It's his brother, Chip's I think. brother? Yeah, I think so. What the fuck's his name? He does, he smoke electronic cigarettes? He might have. But it's sitting there. It's so funny because. Chip, I, and then there's uh, Spiegelman is another dude. Maybe. Spiegelman's. Absolutely. Why am I blanking? I'm, I'm blanking on Chip's brother's name right now, but um, he's a comic too. Yep. Uh, yep. 
I, God damn it. God damn it. We'll edit it in later. You'll just like say it over this part. Oh, his name is? Yeah. So, yeah, that's his name. I remember. So, but we're sitting there, and there's like, like a, a table set up, and there's all these drunk Ravens fans. And I feel bad because everyone's having the best time, and we're talking and making people like, and it's the sort of the introduction to my weekend, and like that's my weekend there. And I always feel bad because it's so lost on me. Like, I say go Ravens because I'm there. Yeah. <laughs> I, Joe Flacco, that's what I got. Like, that's it. Like, it's all I know. Waka Flacco, Waka Flacco. It's just, it's so, it's, I'm like, why am I here? And they're like, this will be your weekend. And I'm yeah. like, I guess, sure. But someone like you would enjoy it because you'd be drinking and hanging out. Oh, I'd love it. I would uh, fucking drink that I'm just sitting there like, in. why am I wearing makeup this early? Oh, I always do. I always do. You put on makeup for radio? Because everyone's there. It's not oh. like by yourself. It's at a bar. I oh, sorry. It's at do. a bar, by the way. I do. Um, um, God damn it. How did I just forget that thought? Uh, oh, I do uh, St. Patty's Day. I do. That's, those are always my fun morning shows. Oh, my gosh. Like, you, know, you go in and it's St. Patty's Day and you're like, I did one with Elliot and we did kegs and eggs. I just flew in for that. I flew in just to do a St. Mm. Patty's Day show. Shirts off the entire time. Are you drunk on stage? Oh, yeah. I, I've never in my I, – I, it's my own sort of dogma that I just – I won't drink or do anything before I go on stage. And I, I don't think, do it before I go on stage. Oh. When I, go, when I do stand-up, I do not drink before I go on stage. I mean, I have, but I don't. By by usually, what I do is I bring my first drink up on stage and I have my first drink. It's a celebration. Right, so the right. party starts. It's so funny because we it's we're, we're so lucky to do this for a living because this is one of the only jobs aside from being like a rock star where if you showed up drunk, not that you do, or you drink at work, it's if you showed up wasted, it's perfectly acceptable. Like, this is what comics do. Yeah, they're actually, actually shocked the club when you are excited because they're like, mm-hmm. oh, so we're gonna sell a lot of drinks tonight. Yeah, I don't do it just because I've gone so long without being without. I've never done that, and so now I'm like it's part of. The way I see it is this, like these people, and this has nothing to do with anyone else's beliefs and you can do whatever you want. Yeah. The people that come to comedy shows for the most part are, say, middle class, you know, mm-hmm. and you don't have a huge entertainment budget. So here you are spending like 60 bucks, if not more, which is, a, you know, a big chunk of money for most people, 60 bucks a person or something like that to enjoy yourself. The least I can do is show up sober and do the best because all I have to do is work one hour tonight. Yeah. So I give them that respect. but And I also don't think I could handle it. I think I'd get weird. But I think you've had enough experience with drinking that your act is the same, if not oh, better. Well, I think I think people... If I didn't drink, I think people would be like, huh. It's part of your shtick. Well, yeah. yeah. Was people, people... I know for a fact that people come to my shows to party with the machine. Sure. They want, they want to send me a shot. It's part of your act. They yeah. want to see me pound a beer. If I have a beer and I take a sip, everyone's shouting, "Kill it!" Yeah, kill it! Like, and 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 the shows they like the best are the late shows where I've had four shots, I've had three beers, and they know that I was drinking on the first show, and then and and I start I start doing this thing called secret time where I just like I'm not even doing stand up anymore, You're telling people like, secrets. Yeah, yeah, I'm like I'm like just telling secrets about like and so like funny. so uh and so like and then and then at the end inevitably at the end they'll all start you know yelling the story they want to hear. And if I'm drunk, I tell them. I think that's great. I think any comic that enjoys the craft of it and the camaraderie that you have with the audience, because yeah. like, I look at the audience like a group of friends I'm about to make my friends, yeah. like versus the enemy or anything like that. Or And so I think that that sounds amazing. And, you know, you'd like to get to that point. I just would be so terrified that someone would send me a shot and someone would say something horrible and then I wouldn't have the wherewithal to, like, heckle them back and then it would just – security would be there and I'd be like, someone yeah, me something horrible. Something that's happened. Uh, here's something funny. I was in – I was at a comedy club in Webster, New York, which is near Rochester. I was just there. And uh, 
the last show wasn't particularly busy. Uh, it was the first nice day of the season, so no one was inside. Which I ran into that in Portland. I was like, will you just write on, like at the end of the night when you do the paperwork, will you please write, hey, it was really hot outside. That's why yeah. no one was here. <laughs> so it was, but there was a bachelorette party that came to see me, which was the saving grace, and that was cool. But it's a big room, and it was a small enough crowd that if you were talking to someone in the front row, like I could hear it. Mm-hmm. If it's a packed house and you're talking, I kind of let it go. So these people are talking, and they're talking the whole time, and it's so rude because everyone else is listening quietly. And they're talking, talking, talking. And, it, you know, as a comic, you toy with that. Do I call them out? Do I let it go? Like, you have to kind of, like, weigh out your options. Yeah. And as the guy's talking, I hear him say, yeah, get an eight ball. And I stop. I stop my set, and I just look at him. I go, I'm sorry. Are you dealing cocaine in my front row? <laughs> and he was like, and he just stared at me. And the girl goes, Yeah. Like, just being a bitch. And I was like, get out. Yeah. He's like, how do you know? I go, there's no fucking pool table here. So you're clearly <laughs> dealing cocaine. Get out. I go, you're talking super loud, which makes it even worse. I go, so either shut up or get out. And the guy yeah. goes, which do you prefer? I go, I want you to leave. Yeah. I will make the same amount of money regardless. And quite frankly, I'm tired. Leave. He goes, and he goes, okay, I'll sit quietly. And I was like, fine. And I let him sit. And then they ran out on their bill. Like, they were just nightmares. I'm like, yeah. who deals cocaine like in the front row of a comedy show what a fucking piece of i had a guy i had a guy i had a guy at a des moines show one time i thought i came up with a movie premise for this because there was a huge uh wedding party there were the whole family was in town for the wedding and they came out to see my show yeah and the guy sitting next to him was so obnoxious the whole show that i was like i was like oh my god at one point i said you know what to the wedding party i go you guys should hire him to come to your wedding because you're guaranteed he's going to act like an asshole. And so that will be cover for yeah. anyone else who fucks up. Like, no one's going to talk about your dad trying to kiss. Let him be the foil. Let like him he be takes the it. fucking yeah. asshole. And I was like, ooh, that's a movie script. And then I was like. The wedding asshole. Like, d- he gets hired. The to asshole. Go, that's for great. everything. You hire him for company retreats. You hire him for, that's like. That's a great idea because we all love that one person that gets in trouble. Just, it's always fun to watch Usually them. it's me. Like, I used to be me for a long time. Barry Katz's wedding, I was the asshole. Right. Like, I definitely got blamed for everything when it was, when it was Buddy Hackett. Oh my god, that's so what an unrelatable sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, I gotta go to a barbecue. Okay. What are you gonna do today? I'm probably gonna work out and then uh I'm gonna say I'm gonna do some writing, but I'm probably really gonna watch Arrested Development. Really? Oh, is that oh it's on. Yeah. Oh shit. There was Were no, you a fan? Uh yeah, I was, but I'm I probably yeah, I'll I'll check it out. I'll Even if out. you didn't see the last season, like it's the writing, there is more intelligent writing in a scene of that show than in seasons for most shows. Like, it's yeah. just so you're like, oh, like your brain can relax for a second. You're like, so good. What kind of workout are you going to do? Probably going to do, I'll tell you exactly what I'm going to do. I'm going to do the elliptical for 20 minutes because I hate running and I get bored easily. Yeah. If I don't have my phone, then I can't do elliptical. Elliptical for 20 and then we do a lot of lunges because I don't like my thighs and then we'll do uh, a series of push-ups um, and we, arm extensions. It's just me. Uh, I was just I don't know I was saying we and then I'll probably maybe take a picture of me with my shirt off and tweet that and no we don't do that um, I'm just gonna get a get a workout in do you ever uh, do you ever think about starting a fake Vine account for a fake porn star that you're not and just and like and like just being like doing just a slutty. parody account have you, did you ever watched the porn stars Vines account Vine no account? oh they're awesome what is it I mean I know what Vine is but like what do they do that the makes porn it? stars. I'll tell you what. I'm obsessed with Jesse Andrews. Do you know who she is? No. She's like she's like uh, she's young. She did porn. You could tell she just probably had a bad childhood, and then she and she needed to get out of it. That's what I'm. Now mind you, I'm writing a lot of backstory for this woman that I've only seen a clip of her porn, but I follow her Vine account. Okay. Um, 
She's a DJ. She designs jewelry. And she has the coolest fucking life. But I can't get past the fact that she's a porn star. That's where she started. Nor should you. Yeah. So she's – but I'm obsessed with her Vine account. painted or are they yeah, hurt? They're pa- painted. Okay. This one's uh, hurt. I dropped a kettlebell on it. Oh, my God. Actually, I didn't. Can I tell you the truth? I stubbed it. I, and, and I, I, I said – kettlebell right here. Yeah. And I said to – and I just – Felt stupid to say that I stubbed it because it hurt so bad. Sure. It hurt more than a stub toe. So I said I dropped a weight on it. And my wife goes, oh, God, that looks awful. Let's see if we can fix it. My fucking eight-year-old is just sitting there silently. like, And then my wife goes and she comes up. Georgia goes, how did you drop your weight on one toe? And I went, <gasps> I went I'm, I'm sorry? She goes, you would have dropped it on two toes. You didn't drop a weight on that. And oh I, went, I went, baby, don't fucking talk back. <laughs> I go, <laughs> That'll teach her to independently think. She was like, she was like, Daddy, I'm just saying, like, if you dropped a weight, like, how did you just get that toe? You're like, what is this, CSI? Go to your like, room. Fuck off. Oh my God, I was like, this so one's going to be a tough one to fucking raise. Oh, my God. She's going to be the best liar. Look at plans. She's like, hey, let's go work out. You're going to go pee? You want to go, go out? Do you want to go meet Priscilla? <laughs> she hates when you stare at her. She starts to think there's something wrong. You want to go meet the other dogs? You've got something on your mouth and your beard. Um, you have anything you want to promote? I don't uh, really time to. I have an easier time talking to women sometimes. Well, you're so affable. Um, do you have you ever have you ever uh, gotten uh, a bracelet from Links of London? Shut up! I'm Shut up! Being dead serious. Shut up! I own all of them. Uh, These are that, all Links of London. That's all I kept thinking when I saw that I have a Links of London bracelet. Let's talk about. I mean, we can talk about after the thing. I own so many, and they're so overpriced. But it's like my one thing that I have they're to great when I go bracelets. to New York because they don't have a store here. Yeah, they got one in Soho. And, and so, yeah, yeah, I go that one. There's one on Fifth Avenue, you I think. Know, uh, oh, I guess I can't. I'll tell you off. I just I'll tell you off air. Oh, you know, you know this person. We have a mutual friend who has a house above that. What? No, 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 oh. no, 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 no. Oh, well, she's not a mutual friend. Yo, don't you know her? The. Yeah. <laughs> I was on her show, but I don't. Oh, stop it! Stop oh, it! <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So much. Uh, I, I would like to think we're friends. Um. I love this, and they just did. A, I brought you up. I brought you up to her. She she, she, she was great. Yeah, she what a firecracker! Her. Yeah, she's great. Tiny, she's fucking awesome. She's All right. great. Uh, but I was worried about like this in London. They did this thing where they were like, "Send us a picture, and we'll send you like you can enter to win a bracelet." So I loaded up both arms with all my bracelets. Like I'm the last person that needs a free one. Yeah, and I sent it, and they I didn't win. And I was like, "This is bullshit." Like I probably sent one of your kids to college with all the bracelets I bought. Those are great fucking bracelets. They're the best. I got one, and then I it was. Why did you bring that up? That's so weird. Because uh, I looked at one. Of them, oh. I looked at one of those, and I was like. I was like, I wonder if she's ever. They look like for they're from Links of London. They are. Links of London's a really cool bracelet. I got introduced to them by a guy named Duncan James. I think that's his name. He was in a band called Blue, uh, out of the UK. It was a boy band, and we did a show together. We he did the European one, and I did the American one. Uh-huh. But we shot. We used the same set, same cast, same yeah, everything. Yeah. We just we'd flip out hosts, and he had it. And I got a badass bracelet. And he's like, Links of London. I got it in London. You got to try it, mate. So okay. I found one in Soho, and I got one. The only problem is. They need to make them. They make them for men, but they need to make them. I need more Links. for men. Yeah, I need it's it it stops too soon, so it's oh. only half a bracelet, really. Okay, see, mine are. Yeah, yours are perfect. George, where Georgia, my oldest, will wear it. Oh, she best. loves it. The best. Yeah, it's the fucking greatest. Okay, well, everyone, so check them out. Fun. They're really cool bracelets. Links of London. That's a, see, that's how I think sponsorship should go on a podcast. Yeah, Is like then, I like your product. Yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a link on my website to Links of London. It's like an Amazon link. I wonder if I can get. So people go, oh, what is that? Just go to Birdcast. I'll put it up there. And they should care. Like, Links of London should write you back and be like, hey, thanks. Yeah, thanks. Here's a free bracelet for Eliza. Yeah. Combos. Yeah. No, they're great. And combos. you can design your own, which is super exciting. You can design too. your own? I think I might have made that up, but I think they did it at one point where you could pick your own colors. I think it's more for the friendship bracelet ones. 
Um, I just walk. I walk in the store, and I'm like, I got money to burn. What are the new ones? There's a, that's a great icebreaker if you ever have a meeting with a lesbian. Lesbians love Links of London. Oh, really? I kind of oh, give off a lesbian yeah. vibe sometimes, too. I thought kind of Oh, I remember I wore mine into a meeting, and the woman was in charge of the production company. So, like, right up here, I forget the name of I forget her name. She was a really nice lady. We did a show for House Hunters or something, and she goes, um, she was like, Links of London. And I was like, yeah. And she goes, I got all their shit. Because it's kind like, of like manly. It's kind of manly. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strong. It's, yeah. It, they're badass bracelets. And I'm not, this is a, my, my bracelet I got. I got this in Amsterdam. Oh, that's is that turquoise? Yes, yeah, it's, and turquoise. it's like a wire it's like a of sorts. Wire. It's my power color. Oh, and cool. Then Georgia put this one on me, so I can't take it off. And then this is my Fitbit. I just like having things on my wrists. I do too. I'm a big wrist guy. Yeah, it's comforting. Yeah, I love a bracelet, and I love the. I love. I love one bracelet, and but then what happens is I'll build it up, and like there was a point where I looked like fucking Johnny Depp. I had like yeah, two so beads, three. I walked into a meeting at UTA, and Chris Hart's like, "Hey, what's up with all the bracelets?" I was like, Shut like, up! I own you. <laughs> Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> <laughs> How's this meeting going to go? Yeah. No. London. Um, that's great. Oh, now I'm going to go put my Links of London bracelet on. We'll take a picture. We'll, I'll tweet it. Yeah, perfect. Uh, I feel like you asked me something, but I don't Anything remember. Anything to promote? Oh, to promote. My Twitter, at Eliza. It's just my name. How many I, followers do you have? Not that much. Like 35,000. Really? I don't know what happened. I just don't have luck. <laughs> and I, send, I, I really put thought into my tweets, and they're funny. I will say this. For the small following I have, they're very loyal. Yeah, and they're very. We're, we all we have inside jokes, much like your stand-up show, where it's like they come for a certain thing, inside jokes, and it's like a community I've created. So I'm okay with that versus just like a bunch of like random people. Yeah. Um, at Eliza I L I Z A, War Paint will be coming out on Netflix soon, and I just did YouTube did a comedy week. Yeah. And so I just did stand-up for did them. Did you do that? I did. How was it? It was so fun, uh, and it's. The internet, so you can wear whatever you want. You could have a giant shirt that says Nike. It doesn't matter. You can curse. You can do whatever you want. That's fucking So if awesome. you go to my Facebook page, fan page, or the regular page, you can watch a clip of that and like it. Um, I why I'm pulling out a beer now. I should have done this a long time ago. That's really funny. But those are the big things. And then, of course, you can watch my dating show, Excused. Uh, you did, by the way, and I'll say this. I say this. I say this as a stand-up comedian slash professional host. Okay. I've been hosting TV shows for... Um, I've been hosting TV shows for 14 years, 13 years, professionally. I've been making my living. Stand-up has not paid the bills for the majority of this. Really? Yeah. I feel like you're a really successful no, stand-up no. comedian. Stand-up does now, but like... Oh, for a while. There was a time where I was like a $2,000 a night headliner. Mm-hmm. Like, and with two kids, a wife, like, <laughs> I'm like that's not, that does not cut the right, fucking Right, for sure. My wife had to work a job for a very long time. So... What I would do is I would get take jobs hosting. I, I learned the muscle on the show, the X show, and I and I and I and I've gotten much better at it. I think, or yeah, at least, your show's okay. super funny. So, um, but yeah, but, but it's you know, it's like you take the job. It's a job. You take the job and you try to put as much of you in it mm-hmm. while keeping the client, the network happy and, and what at they bay. Can. Yeah, and and just and just and always be very respectful of their notes because it's it's their product. Yeah, it's not yours. Right, you're not there to sell me. We're there to sell fucking tires. Sure. So sure. um, so. Uh, where the fuck was I going? Anyway, that's how I made my money. I for I do pilots. For I like said I hosted excused. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so I've been that's and I say that from a professional standpoint. I saw one. Uh, I was watching it the other night, and it was one. I think your hair was back, and it was you. Was it a bun? On a, going on a tirade on, on the guy at the end. It was just you ranting on. Oh, the at guy. the end, the credits. Yeah. yeah, it was fucking Thank hilarious. You. I was like, I was like, if I could get that. 
I swear to God when I say this, if Trip Flip would put on my credits or my bloopers or what whatever it is at the end of the show, just to just to show like how fucking because I saw that and I was like, oh my god, you are quick as fuck. Thank you. And I was like, this is, I, and I literally thought this is such a stepping stone for something so much bigger. I hope. And I appreciate that compliment, especially coming from you. I will say this when I, if you want to know this quick story, I got the audition, like you know, agents, like, do you want, and, and by the way, this wasn't offered to me. Like I'm not at that stage of people just offering me stuff uh, that isn't stand up. So they were like, do you want to audition for this? And I said, no. So I went in begrudgingly. And as a comic, they always want you to rewrite the audition and do it and yeah. be yourself. So I did. They're like, there's a callback. Do you want to go? And I said, no, but I went producer session. Do you want to go? I said, no, we're making a pilot. They want you. Do you want to go? I said, no, but I kept doing it. Because I knew that there was something that I didn't know. Like, there's a reason you got to do these things. So I did it. I really didn't want to be there because as an artist and you've got your integrity and all that other bullshit. So you're like, I don't want to do a dating show. Those credits were not a part of the show. They had all that extra stuff because I would just go on. They'd be like, all right, we got it. I'd be like, no, I've got something else to say. They put that in after we, like they decided after the edit. So that wasn't a part of the show format. And that show, I get so many people who's, I mean, you watch the show for me. Like, that's not even me being too cool for school. Like, you do. Yeah. You can only watch so many people from the Inland Empire lip, like, whip cream off each other yeah. <laughs> in the name of love. People watch it. People watch it specifically for those end credits. Yeah. It's so short, but it's so fun. And as a comic, I'm so lucky that, that the producers of that show let me be myself. They never made me say anything I didn't want to say. They would let me be funny. So that's something. It's rare that comics get that opportunity in a hosting gig or in any gig to get to be yourself while still under the veil of their corporate dating show. Yeah. And so I was very fortunate in that and fortunate that I get residual checks. Do you really? Yeah. The show hasn't been aired for like 10 months. Like it hasn't, we haven't shot it. We, aired, we shot 230 episodes over two years. You shot 230 episodes? 130 the first summer and then 100 the next summer. Holy. One a day, every day. I'm trying to figure out how much money you made. You, it's, there's no, like, there's like a weird formula. And now it airs it's in other countries. It, it wasn't per episode. It was like per week, but you had to do five in a week, and then there's whatever you make for. There's like some weird algebraic. I'm, t- I'm trying to figure. I've, I've been through enough deals where I can. We can talk about it off the yeah. thing. I'll tell you much I, mean. <laughs> I uh, yeah, yeah I, but you know what you did for that though, and this is the thing that I think some comics I don't I don't think they understand when they go into host a show is that you got to be on brand. You got to let make sure that whatever you're doing is what they hired you for, the, what they wanted this show to be right. before they even met you. But you give them so much extra. That it becomes your platform, yes. your thing. Yeah, it's still love. And but then it, you make it into the show. The, the thing that, that, that people want to watch. The thing that you want, like, and it's and it, it's it's every show. It never happens the first season. It, they've got to figure out your mm-hmm. voice. They've yeah. got to get you a little bit. The network's got to get you. The network's got to be comfortable getting you. The client's got to get you. Like, uh, like, and so, yeah, I, I think that, but you, that end Thank credit you. was fucked. They're funny as shit, and I Thank went, you. "Oh my god!" I was like, "If I had something like that on my, just on my reel, that looks like it was it was on your reel, like that right. looked like something you go, ooh, pull that, put it on my reel." They're funny little snippets, and you get it. And it was, you know, people, no one's ever made fun of me for it because, like, look, it's it's a cheesy dating show, and it's yeah. it's some people did Blind Date, which everyone loved Blind Date, and at first I was kind of embarrassed, but then I was, I think it's David Cross that has this might be his quote or someone, not Patton Oswalt, it's one of those guys. And someone had accused him of selling out because he had done like some big cartoon, and he, I think it was David Cross. And I can't remember right it's now. The, uh, it's uh, it's Patton Oswalt. Keep going. That says, you know, I looked into it, and you can't buy a boat with street cred. Yeah, and I, I think it was Patton Oswalt because David Cross said he threw that he threw that script across the room, right? And apparently Patton caught it. 
Yeah. And, and it's like, yeah. like, look, we're all entertainers. We're just like the fact that I did that show. I don't have to take a gig this month that I don't want to take yeah. because I suffered through that. And it's a platform. Was the show the biggest hit ever? Not by a long shot. Is it going to get me anything else? Maybe not. And that's what it people will. don't understand. It will. Well, that, in a weird thing. way. It will. It'll show up. Everything begets everything. I did Bird the Conqueror. I thought that was going to go fucking nowhere. I really thought this will maybe yeah. we'll do 10 episodes and I'll get that check for the 10. And then I'm, there's no way it's getting picked up. Because I remember thinking, I'm just riding roller coasters. Like, right. And then, but then we added to it. We added some more extreme stuff and the roller coasters. And it really worked. It resonated. And then I got it, did a second season. And I was like, holy shit, I get to buy a house. So I buy a house. Yeah. And then I'm like, and then. And then when that was done, I was like, I'm nothing but grateful. I got a man cave out of it. I got a house. I got uh, I got amazing experience. I have amazing life experience, but amazing professional experience. And then Travel Channel called up, and they're like, how about we do another show? Sure. And, you, and now I'm there. Now I've been there for, I think, five years, and I'm the happiest. I talked to my agents the other day. I go, my goal in life is to be bigger than Travel Channel, but always work for Travel Channel. I would like to be... Because they helped you yeah. when you needed it. Now you I would like help to them. be like, a, not movie star, but I would love a four-camera cam- four sitcom that shoots in LA that I can do, that I, that's a hit. And not have to travel. Oh, and, you love traveling, but just like... Uh, yeah. If I could just like sit here for a minute, if I could buy groceries one week, that'd be great. If I could just spend like six months at home shooting a sitcom. Maybe go to a friend's birthday party, yeah. maybe make a wedding or two. And then and then always have a series on Travel Channel where mm-hmm. I where it's where it's like like I come back. Like so hypothetically speaking, say Bourdain really embraced his relationship with that network. And he should have, in my opinion. Although his show on CNN's pretty fucking good. I like that. It's uh, really it? good. Uh the one he did, uh what is it? Lost Bound Without Without Reservation. No. No, uh uh Lost in um, found, like, dangerous found. grounds. No, nope. That is that that's on like that's a, on Travel Channel. Like, no, that sounds like a Lifetime movie about like a woman <laughs> that kills her husband. No, it's a it's a show about a guy who hi- With- finds coffee beans in dangerous places. Oh my God. <laughs> 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 Todd Carmichael. I ho- I'm hoping to talk to him in Philly. <laughs> I'm obsessed with his pictures of him. But they did one about L.A., which was super fun because they did all about. I'm obsessed with Koreatown. If oh you yeah! Want to go drinking? I watched the one on Columbia yesterday. Would you like to go drinking in Korea? I watched the Columbia one. I'm sorry, I'm not into fresh produce. I'm not going to Columbia. You look at the produce. I'm like, I can go to Ralph's. It's fine. We live in a first world country. <laughs> but they did one on K Town. Uh, there's a bar in Koreatown. We should go one night if you're if you want to go drinking. 100. Called Frank and Hank. It's a hole in the wall. The drinks are like like five dollars. Super cheap. They've let's got take, a pool let's table. Take Bill Burr. Okay. Bill's like uh, Bill and I were saying we got to go drinking one night. I would love to. We'll exchange things after. I would love Me, to. Me, you, go. Bill Burr, and Pete Holmes. Great. It'd be so fun. Uh, and we can make vine. I love Koreatown. And then you can go in all these restaurants where they serve you all the kimchi, which is gross, but like everything I else. I love kimchi. I love Koreatown. Great. Great. We'll make a degenerate night out of it. That'll be fucking awesome. Oh, I would yeah. do that in a heartbeat. All right. I'm going to send the mass text. Um, let's do it. Excused airs in Los Angeles at 2 a.m. it's called? Excused, yeah. It's not called Exposed, even though that's a strip club, but they have the same X logo that that's we have. That's not the name of it. No, my show. Oh, Sorry. I'm looking for I thought you Bourdain's. Wanted, uh, his is called... Like it's, uh, it's off like, limits. These are we're getting out of it's not like property found, but it's find finding, finding glory. Um, I know what it is. I watched two episodes last night, and I was like, and I and I actually really liked it. I out I, of I thought, I was, and part of me was like, like I was I really wanted to be like, hey, I don't think I need you to eat anymore. 
Like he eats gross. Yeah, no, yeah. I go. I don't. Need, I don't need you to eat. Like I just want you to be you. Yeah, I, I. I actually. I just would mind. Wouldn't mind you just having drinks with these people. You don't need to have a meal with the guy who started the summer of uh, independence in Palestine or whatever. Like I don't need to know that that because right. they went to KFC. I was like, fucking take the food out. You're interesting as fuck. Uh, interesting as fuck, but you're not, a, you're not. He's not even really like a chef in my book. Like no, he's just like a traveler that. Yeah. Eats, sometimes he eats stuff. Like he'll go to like a weird restaurant and he'll eat stuff, and I'm like, you're lying. Like there's no way those chicken feet are good. There's just yeah. no. No way, and I think you're making us feel bad because we don't like them. I have a theory about food on TV, and I have a feeling that anything that's Asian that's got a good color to it that pops on TV makes you hungry. Like sometimes, like MSG for the eyes, the color. Yeah, it's like anything like a red maroon sauce with a with a layer of darker red. Like sure, fat, I just start going. Oh, I'm so fucking hungry. So hungry, and they're eating like kidneys, but you're like, oh, it looks so good. God, I want that so bad. They went to Jollibee. Do you know what that is? Uh-uh. It's a how? Uh, I do. It's that fast food place, right? And, yeah. and it's like weird. And they have like a spam burger and this weird shake. But them eating it, they're like, it's, it's so salty and sweet. You're like, I would never eat that. But it looks so good when they're yeah. eating it. I would, I would love to. I would love to do a series like that at some point. Something not like that, but just something more. What was the, I, I had a brilliant idea yesterday. Oh yeah, I'm obsessed with Dan Carlin's Hardcore History. Do you know? Have you listened to it? Is it on the history? No, oh, it's listen on, to it. It's no, a, it's a podcast. It's fucking awesome. Okay, yeah, it's I love great. history. It's great. And I was like, I, you know, when I when I travel, a lot of times I'll pick up like a James Mishner book and I'll read about those people uh-huh. when while I'm in that area. Like, sure. well, I did that in the Caribbean. I read the Caribbean. Did that in Hawaii. I read Hawaii. I did that in Europe. I, I backpacked through Europe. I read. I think it was called the Travelers. I think that's what it was, or the. I forget. But so I was like, I was like, what if you did? I would. I love history. Mm-hmm. Like, I would love to do some like go with a historian and get the facts about the people. Look at the people and find the traits that they have. Yeah, and where and those like, traits came from. I'm so into that stuff. Yeah. Uh, last names. I'm. I always like. I'll meet someone. I'll be like, let me figure out what you are. And it sounds oh. like creepy. But like facial features, I like to be able to attribute like they have a bridge because that tribe can't. Like it's it's a study and it's not a study I've done, but I love that stuff. Yeah, it's um the uh i was listening to the one he did about germanic tribes for the first time in my life i identified now this is weird because it does borderline anything that is germanic always borderlines on racism because of adolf hitler sure so so it's it is it is i understand that uh, listening to it however for the first time in my life i felt some sort of not aryan pride but like this because i'm german but like a like that those were my people my people didn't believe in Christianity originally. I'm a Catholic, but that was something that the Romans put on put to on us. Them. And 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 so all of a sudden that's why I'm and then I started going that's so interesting. Wonder what my original gods were. So I look up. I'm listening to him talk about it and he says Thor was uh, the god of war. Sure. It was the god it was an angry god. It deals with the way that the German people were. They, they were all pagan before yeah. all of it. And that's it's the traits. Yeah. So and then I start going Rogan's always tweeting praise Odin. That's my god. That's your god. And I was like shut up. That was my original my people's original god was Odin. And I was like that's so fucking fascinating that the world comes so full circle that I have a friend who t- constantly types praise Odin and it turns right. out that's my original god. That's, really praise him. Yeah, but I, I'm never going to I'm not going to start being a pagan, you know, because of that, but I was like that's so fucking fascinating. What I always think is interesting is how things trickle down. Oh, um Hold on, well, by yeah. the way, before you say that. And then I googled um uh my religion and the first thing that showed up was a swastika. Keep going. The swastika when it was the Hindu symbol of peace? It was the no, it was, or a, swastika, when it was a swastika. But it, swastika, swastika. But it looks like do you remember do you, no, you're not, you're not going to remember this. Do you remember uh, when you'd get a single on a record player? No. So the singles were like smaller Born in records. 1983, no. <laughs> Sorry, Bert. 
I want to share on this with you. The singles were smaller records, but they had a bigger hole, and you had to get a like a, an adapter to put in the thing. Okay, and that's what this swastika looked like. It was a circular swastika. I have to see it. And they were like, and I was like, it, like, but it used to be. Everybody knows what a swastika used yeah. to be. But I always think it's interesting when you take like something that happened in history and how it trickles down and how it has manifested itself into modern society. For example, like Monday and Tuesday were pagan words like to it was like a pagan god and so was monday but then you have june and july for julius caesar like those were added on from by the romans um and then the months of the year are all like it's all uh, our history everything that we that we use as like our clock for life is a combination of christianity and paganism and there's so much pagan stuff in our everyday lives yeah and we don't even realize it um that's uh, august augustus caesar really yeah june july uh I'm trying to think of the other ones. There's like they're all – and these are examples of little things where we've taken what works for us or kept certain things. Even with the rejection of paganism, they've kept all these things because it, it, it's just interesting what makes it and what doesn't. It's fucking fascinating. I think someone's ready to go for a play. She's ready to go. Yeah. George, come on in. Are we ready? Yeah. Okay. Um, all right. Do you want to say anything, Georgia? Do you have anything to promote? Nailed it. Nailed okay, it. that's our inside joke. Is if I call up, is she and it's me? She'll go nailed it before I do. She's been doing it, by the way, way before I ever heard anyone say nailed it. She's been she doing was, it. She like, made it up. She was the first person. That's funny. Um, I like your little outfit. It's cute. Hair's in braids. His mom's hair still curly. My wife had her hair in braids because everyone had lice. Oh my god. Yeah, not our kids, but our friends' kids all had lice, and my wife had to help take them out. Oh, God. So you go to this place and they comb through your hair for 25 bucks. Lice fairies. It's on like third. Is that what? It is? They have one. Or hair fairies. I've seen it. I've yeah. passed it. Did you go? Did you go? Hair wizard. My mistake. Yeah. And so uh, so they went to hair wizards and everyone got their hair braided. Get the hair braided. No, George. Okay. All right. That's the end of that. <laughs> George almost just French kissed Blanche. All right. Uh, what do you want to? Anything? Uh, your your special? Specials War Paint is coming out. Excuse, you have to go to www. I like to say w. Uh, Excuse TV. com <laughs> to find the local listing because it's in your city. I can't tell you what time, so it's it's everywhere. That is, by the way, from the first time that we said we're going to wrap it up, I think we did like another forty minutes. There's just so much. It was such a rich. We got to do another one. This yeah, was this was awesome. so fun. Thank you so much. Thank you for having uh, me. And I would like to say I would like to feel that I was a beginning. I was at the very beginning of your career because you, you were. You did do a guest set at the Dallas Improv. Do you remember <gasps> that? Or your, your weekend, dad, yeah, yeah, you your let me do came. that. Yeah, and you were like, I think you were still young. Uh-huh, and thank you. I want to say Ernst, I want to say Brett maybe texted me. Probably, like, he was like, yeah. This That's how I funny. met you, Yeah, was through him. And I met your dad, and I think I've seen your dad since. Probably. Like, yeah, and yeah, so. Oh my I, God, that's so funny. It's full circle. Aw, All right, thank, thank you. <laughs> thank you. This episode was brought to you by The Machine.